reached level five dismissal. Uh, unfortunately, you are cross-classed as an empath. Is <laughs> uh, like level 20 dismissal is like that you get stabbed and you're dead and you're like, no, I'm not. No, actually, <laughs> just uh, keep it's, uh, it's inane, <laughs> people who contain inane conversations become invisible. That's a great sigil target. <laughs> I fucking love that. <laughs> so, but here's the thing, though. I get so entertained by inane conversation that I, I don't think I'd want that to happen. Like, I was I was walking around the park after I got home from work because I, I didn't want to go to sleep yet. So it's like fucking eight, nine in the morning. And I'm walking around Echo Park and uh, the Foursquare Church is right there. Like that weird UFO church that like fucking, um, uh, what's her I'm, I'm forgetting her name. She's like a really, uh, Amy, Amy Semple McPherson started. It's like kind of down the street from me. So there's always like, some person with a with a megaphone or a microphone like preaching some kind of whatever going on it's sometimes it's christian sometimes it's like the la new ag mixed with christian or whatever and i'm walking by and this guy is kind of like muttering into a microphone with like uh choir music playing behind him but then the choir song ends as i'm waiting at the intersection and it goes right into a heineken ad and he just keeps preaching over the heineken ad because he didn't pay for the spotify premium and I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I fucking Los Angeles never change. This is amazing. <laughs> it was so like he kept going, and there was like a Disney ad, and he like kept going. It's so good. See, I think that that's the only like, possibly the the only true kind of moving art left is the kind that the universe is making. Yeah, I like that. Like, like the the Spotify ad with the street preacher. Uh, just oh, I couldn't also top. could not understand a word he was saying. I should have made that clear. He was just like he had the microphone like way too close to his mouth. He was going really good. That's like Heineken silver really makes your party Heineken silver, <laughs> whatever the fuck it is. Like it wasn't even for Heineken. It was for like the like the zero cow like like shitty fake Heineken or whatever. Um, or it's just all fillers and like a little bit of alcohol. Um, yeah, that it was great. Was right. That was, <laughs> that made me so grateful to live here. <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, super appropriate for this episode because uh, we are talking about um, what are we talking about? Under the under Silver the, Lake. Under the Silver Lake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the same director as it follows. Oddly, mm-hmm. I think this. I think this is. Uh, is this his only other movie? No, he did. I I looked this up. He did. He did an indie movie. And like it's some kind of indie drama. Um, like it's called The Myth of the American Sleepover. I've never seen it. Um, and then he did it follows. And that what was an his, indie yeah. title name. Right? Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I'm good. I can uh, <laughs> I can like and leave that where it lies. No, the uh, but then it follows kind of picked him up, and then he did under the silver lake, which I thought came out much longer ago than it actually did. It turns out it's like a 2018 movie. And I was trying to, as I was watching, I was trying to figure out like, like, okay, is this like an anachronism? Like it follows, or is this like supposed to be set? Cause it's like very clearly like early tens, like from all the, from the kind of culture that's going on and like the shit that people like his fucking Andrew Garfield's wearing cigarette jeans all the time, which people don't wear around here anymore. Like mm-hmm. they wear like really baggy shit now. So like, I'm like, where, where, where is this? And I, I read in an interview that he had wanted to set it in 2011 and he had written it around 2012. And then it just kind of sat in his drawer for a while until it follows happen. And he's like, oh, I can do what I want now. Cool. I'm going to do an L.A. noir because people expected him to do another horror film. And he's like, no, fuck, I'm going to do something completely different. Um, That's promising. 
Yeah, which I admire. I admire. I don't know if he like. Here's the thing. I don't know if he nails it. Um, though, like I, I don't know. Again, like my experience of Los Angeles might be a little different than his, but like my my variety of LA weirdness that I've encountered is kind of more like the scene I just described to you, where it's just like this kind of unintentional like alt lit, you know, yeah. that happens. Like you just hear like fucking weird conversations with people or. You know, people say weird things to you at the bar and you're just like, what, what, why? Why would you think that? And then they have some very weird LA logic to the reason why they did that. And you're just like, I, I this is very much of a place. And <laughs> yeah, yeah it's not like. Hmm? What you just described sounds more like a David Lynch modality, like. Kind of, yeah. Like like, like the, Mulholland, like a- the Mulholland Drive is more present than I think um, like for me at least, than like the Pinchon sort of variety that he's kind of going for here. I mean, obviously there's a lot of Lynchian DNA in this movie, but like it, it felt more, yeah, it felt more like a, um, like kind of like a, like a 60s psychedelic mm-hmm. sort of undertone to it rather than like a, like a dreamy, like, like spaced out, zonked out Lynch thing, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think in the terms of um, like, I think it might be easier to portray the LA weirdness that they did in this film than it would be to actually come up with enough moments of like Spotify ad with Street Preacher and and execute them properly. Mm-hmm. It, I think it might've been like the wise choice if this if it's your first time trying to capture it, you know what I mean? Sure, but like at the same, and, and again, it's kind of, it kind of fits in themes with, it kind of fits in with the movie and with like how they portray the narrator as played by Andrew Garfield very well, I might add, but like, cause it's kind of, it's made very apparent. At least it was made very apparent to me. I don't know about you guys, but like that it, it's, it's not really LA around him. That's odd. It's more him. That's weird. And he's kind of, he's kind of painting LA with this brush, you know, rather, than, but like LA kind of lends itself to that too. So they are capturing that well, which I appreciate. Well, but it's cool because I think you're right, but also he ends up being like on point. Yeah, like, which is like which is the satire, right? Yeah, which is like there's he's so right. many points in this film where you think like you're just gonna realize that some you like almost waiting to realize that none of this mystery is real, uh-huh. and and like everything he does like would would support that, but then like you're just like oh no he's he's actually fucking onto something like. Yes, yeah, it's, and and it's increasingly more absurd. Like yeah. the things he's drawing connections to is like, how would anyone put this? Why? How would a map from a cereal box end up with a Nintendo Power? Like what? Yeah, <laughs> like it'd have to really like they'd have to like be really like like planning and figuring. Like that's what I thought was going to happen. Like I thought it was going to be like, no, there's this is like a like a narrative management agency that's just like going around like doing experiments on people i thought that like people were just like deliberately like that classic because he's clearly like displaying what if you use a psychology lens like he's clearly like like paranoid schizophrenic right like like like, that's what's going on sort of like but it's it's also like the classic paranoid schizophrenic thing of somebody is meddling around in my life like he keeps on saying somebody's following me somebody's like screwing around with my shit and putting messages for me specifically in there which is like kind of like the classic descriptions of that disease but at the same time like yeah these weird things keep happening to him that keep feeding that delusion which is i think where like the hollywood critique is in that movie because that's like kind of what the entertainment machine does to a specific kind of person who's in like a, a particularly shitty kind of situation it seems like it's all about them 
but on it, it's just the machinations of this like big thing that it was not really in anybody's control. Like it's like just it's just kind of going and like it, good luck. <laughs> Hollywood is like the end of Akira now. <laughs> yeah, kind of like that's uh, that's been like my literal spiritual. I might have talked about this on the podcast before. I forget, but like um, it's like the literal my literal spiritual experience is that like, and this is kind of my like main gripe with the movie based on my own personal shit is the LA and Hollywood are kind of two separate things. Like Hollywood is kind of like a thing that was done to LA that just kind of like sits on top of it like this, like a big, like when I saw it in spirit vision once, it was like a big gnarled hand reaching out of the sky kind of. Oh wow. Yeah. It's like this weird thing that like, it looked like a hand. It was just like this big gnarly hovering thing. It was just kind of like hoovering shit up. Um, yeah. The, and, the um, extraterrestrial media device. Yeah. Kind of like, but it's just like, it's, <laughs> it's the way that, talking to the city spirit it's just like it's something that was kind of inflicted that she's just kind of dealt with in the way that like if you're going to use a trauma metaphor for it you can it actually works pretty well like you know in the ways that when something happens to somebody they, they find ways to just kind of like get around it rather than deal with it all at once you know yeah um if we're going to treat la like a like a like a living being which she is it's very much <laughs> shown up that way to me like it would make sense that like oh this thing happened to me i kind of don't like it but it keeps going you know yeah it's like no get your teeth fixed or something but it's not urgent like (laughs) sure but like it's kind of like she'll show different faces of it to me like sometimes she's really Mm -hmm. upset about it and other times she's like doesn't seem like she gives a shit about it at all like it's kind of she's very multifaceted yeah um yeah because like especially because i work overnight like in like in downtown like sometimes i will have what i call night terror nights where i will like kind of right around when the sun comes up from like like the hour before the sun comes up to like the hour the sun does come up like there's this kind of like i just start feeling the suffering of everything around me and i Mm -hmm. feel it in like the way that you would if you like have a partner who has nightmares i'm the partner that has nightmares in my relationship actually so like if you have somebody who's like having like terrible nightmares and you're trying to wake them up and they won't like that's what it feels like to me it's just like it feels like uh, just screaming like like it's just like like she's feeling all of that they're feeling all of that and now i'm feeling some of it and um yeah so sometimes there's that and then sometimes she's just like the fuck are you doing here i got shit to do <laughs> yeah. yeah and then very like brothel like bordello owner kind of way like she's like what the fuck you want white boy what do you want <laughs> um yeah but uh I don't, really I don't know cool. where I was going with that. That's yeah. really cool that you have a, a consistent relationship with the city spirit. Uh, um, it's not as consistent as I'd like, I'll be honest. Like, because I kind of sometimes just get into my own life and like forget to that. Well, just she... even having any repeat experiences, like enough to be able sure. to say sometimes she's like this, sometimes she's like that. That's that's kind of a big deal. Like I've, I've found city spirits very flighty, very difficult to actually forge a real connection with. Like they might throw you bones for for doing nice things for them but uh as far as like actually getting to like show up and talk to you that's that's been really difficult for me um mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, would also i would imagine it'd be very difficult with something as big as la i think new york's similar like it's just it's a gigantic presence yeah i mean it's having like a lot both. going on go ahead what was that it, well it no and like, I, just, I was just there's a lot going on and, and like and there's probably a lot of vying for attention too. Mm. Yeah. Whether people are aware of it or not. 
I think it would be like trying to heal hear like a single cell in your body or reach out to you. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. That's actually that's a that's a really good metaphor for it. Like particularly with New York too, because like New York, I Lady LA, I call her Lady LA because that's how she shows up and she feels a little bit more closer to the human experience, I guess you could say. Whereas like New York's like a giant half cockroach, half octopus, half something else that like lives eight strata below the subway and just plays with people like action figures. Like that's how it feels like to me. Like, it's just like, if this guy, this truck goes bam and that guy goes bam. Like, it's like, yeah. And there's like a very, there's a very like specific like eight-year-old kid vibe to it. Cause it's just like, you can't explain the chaos of that place any other way than that a literal child runs it. Um, but I love uh, the idea that it's like an alien that the Ghostbusters missed yeah kind of <laughs> just like it's like in the sewer with a thousand tentacles and just yeah <laughs> just it's just run by slimer like yeah basically yeah. Yeah, the city's just run by slimer uh and i i, I dig it that's my head cannon now um <laughs> is that yeah that the the highest echelons of new york city government are not you know the mayor's office or or the uh wall street people it's 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 slimer they all answer to Slimer. I, I, sorry, I just really love this idea of like Wall Street people cowering before Slimer and like a giant underground temple of Slimer. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like them, Spider Man, and like Shredder, the, the holy, the holy trinity of of uh, New York I City. Yeah. If all of our like shitty, uh, shitty like the, the the human world we've created and all the useless jobs that should exist, like like Wall Street broker, for instance. If all these factions that like, like if they had just out front and they were like, we worship Slimer, you know, I think it would be so much, such a cooler world if like, like businessmen just like, like unabashedly worshiping fucking, I don't know. I, I feel like ball is pretty good for businessmen. Like, well, but so it's also well, really well, good. Well, Slimer, Slimer's not bad either. He's green. He's constantly consuming it's uh it's yeah <laughs> it, it kind of reminds me of, like hickman's black monday murders but like not nearly as cool you know um but uh, i don't know sorry i don't know if you're familiar with that rev no um oh yeah so there's a, a uh, are, well, are you familiar with the comic book artist jonathan hickman at all because you should be because you'd really like him no oh word okay yeah so um i'm thinking sure. of a good try to think of a good way to describe him kurt you probably have a better handle on i don't hickman's. know if i know who this is Oh really? Oh no! Like uh, uh, east of west and fucking um. Oh, oh god! Yeah, I know that, that book. I haven't, read, I haven't read it, but I know. Oh, I know what you're east about. of west is like impossible to describe. It's like takes place in this like, uh, this like very very alternate United States, um, where like the Confederacy and the Union still exists, and like the um the indigenous people all have like they 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 all have like a um it like incredibly advanced technology and like uh, uh death is like a cowboy that just like exists and that's one of the main it's so fucking weird like you just have to read it like it's you great. can't that describe sounds, it anybody that sounds right up my alley to be honest yeah no that's what i'm saying like you really <laughs> would like that um but the black monday murders is 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 basically like him writing about uh just taking as uh, as reality that like Wall Street people sacrifice literal human blood to like a god in order to get their wealth, and there's like different like cabals based on like different areas, and it's like the, kind of like the different sorts of people. And like the main character is a detective who's also like like a hoodoo practitioner. I think is the best way to describe him. Like, Man, so it's, I'm it's, fucking it's fucking old. 
Yeah, like, no, and so it's, 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 it's it's journalism. Is <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's journalism. Yeah, it's just journalism. It's, is this? Are you just just? Is this just secret sun blog? <laughs> yeah, no, I like yeah. It's, it's just Chris Chris Knowles, or are you really Jonathan Hickman? He would love that. <laughs> He's a comic nerd. Um, yeah, but uh, uh, what was I saying? Um, yeah, so uh, I totally just lost my train of thought. Well, it's actually interesting you bring about bring that up because that's there's a lot of stuff that you've brought up that in relation that's actually in relation to the movie that I think is interesting because one of the main inciting incidents in this film is actually a a, a comic that this guy does in the oh story. yeah the the zines yeah uh, which were yeah. done by the, I, that great character actor who plays like he, he's he's yeah. in all kinds of shit I forget what his name is. Um, it's like Patrick, too, but he's in every fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, he's so good. Um, Patrick, like Fisher or something, his name is something like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, and he, he, might be a- he, it's it's also. Oh, sorry. Well, he's like, he's also when you go to his house, he is because I've met that guy. Like that's a guy. Like the guy he has like a hundred. He has like a collection of random weird shit. His house is almost a museum. And, yeah. And there's that hilarious line where he's like, I really should get a family because yeah. who am I going to leave this stuff to? It's okay, so like as, 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 as much issue as I have with like the plot of this movie, there's some throwaway lines in this that are fucking gold. Like the one where he's at the party and uh, where he's like, it's like towards the last day before he gets evicted and he just like follows the coyote to that party and he's just overhearing people as he walks past. like, oh, yes. You see that you see that girl over there? She wrote, produced, and sound designed her own <laughs> network design. sitcom, which if you know anything about network TV production is fucking ridiculous, right? And <laughs> and then she wrote, directed, produced, and sound designed her own network sitcom. She's like, wow, how old is she? Oh, she's 12 years old, but she's an old she, soul. And I'm like, yeah, she really, that is she really, LA shit. She really managed <laughs> to capture the zeitgeist. That's what yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, no, that is some like fucking hipster ass, like early tens, like, yeah. That's beautiful. I'm like, mwah. Beautiful. That's like a much more successful version of the joke in Scott Pilgrim versus the world where it's like, I really love their first album, but it wasn't as good as their first album. <laughs> yeah. yeah <exactly. laughs> no, there's another bit in there too, where they're, they're on the rooftop of the standard. It's where they're the, the purgatory party or whatever. I, I've, I've been to that. I've been to that bar. Um, it's not nearly as cool as uh, they made it out in the movie. Um, it's usually just a bunch of like, uh, like pushy Armenian fellows, um, uh, trying to uh, reserve all of the, uh, they have these like big like bed like like water bed like like chairs. They're trying to reserve all of those for themselves. That's what that place is, and it's bad tech now. Anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I I I I, uh, I uh, challenge anybody who who to to disagree with me on that who's familiar with the LA rave scene. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, where where some woman he's passing by some woman and she's like. You know, I, I are we really the, the brides of Dracula? I, I are we we're so oversaturated with vampirism and popular culture. I do feel like it's a little gauche. Or she says something like that, and I'm just like, <laughs> oh god, man, the early tens were a fucking time, weren't they? Uh. <laughs> when I, when so this is this is the second time I've watched this, and the first time going through. I just had this immediate visceral, visceral reaction of hating everyone in this movie. Yes, same. Like, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> like every character, I was like, I hate him. I hate her. I hate that person. Fuck you. Fuck <laughs> your like my my art is my balloons. Like what? Yes. Fuck you. Like I, I, uh, I hate it so. Much. Yeah, I, 
I felt the same with the exception of the fucking guy at the end who was like the line to the girl, right? Who was like, there's, he's like rich, right? Like he's like one of those elite motherfuckers and he's like, there's nothing worth having in this world. Like, this is a terrible time to be on Earth. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I was like, unfathomable amniotic sack. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, this guy actually gets it. He just is still being a sexist weirdo in the process. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I love that, like, they do kind of, at least for me, they kind of insinuate that, that, that this cult is bullshit. <laughs> like, yeah. that they've just, like, kind of bought into it, which reminds me of what I was going to bring up later, which is like, man, there is, like, something about people who have a lot of money and just falling for the absolute weirdest possible shit. That's like, why? I think I know why Why? Uh, my, 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 my hypothesis is that once you have, you have the feeling that you've conquered everything tangible. It's like this, like I can own anything. I can do whatever the fuck I want. There's, inevitably a profound sense of emptiness because you've neglected the inner work right so then there's right. this something calling you to something more and the first fucking thing you find they just like spill it all into right because it fills the hole right like yeah. it's yeah because it's just like it's like um it's it's like eating a pizza you're just like when you're if you're starving you'll eat whatever you know I, yeah. I also i also think there might be there might be an aspect of it where it's not only the first thing to find it's the first most expensive thing. Yes. They could buy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Cause it feels like it they've done something. Cause they spent money on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It doesn't cost a lot. Then like it doesn't register as meaningful to them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I just really love that. Like, like subtle hint where it's just like, no, no, this isn't real. Like, cause like you make the, you think of like, wow, are these like people like, they're trying to like be Egyptian pharaohs. Like, no, they're trying to be pharaohs because they're dumb. <laughs> like, this ain't gonna work. <laughs> like, so, somebody, somebody, like, skit. Somebody came up with this brilliant scam to to bury billionaires under miles of concrete. <laughs> I kind of like. I'm like, I want to meet that person. Who's that person? <laughs> I can't I, that person think, be a character. I think, we, I think we did meet him. I think that's who the hobo king is. I think. Yeah. I think. I think the top of the food chain in this film. Is the hobo king? Yeah, I think he I actually has everything figured out, uh, and is—he's actually—I don't know—I think he's probably the most powerful person in this film. <laughs> he's yeah. pulling the strings. He's the one that understands the underground, and he knows everything that's happening. So it does—it does stand to reason that somehow he is the one behind that. That's. Mm. And then he gives like actual wisdom, like that weirdly, like the whole thing about the coyote <laughs> that, that, that he that he actually acts on and, and yeah. like, drives the plot forward somehow. <laughs> right. Because it really does. I mean, this again, this is where I keep saying like, 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 like crying a lot 49 shit is because like it really does. Is this moving along at all? Or are we just meeting weird people, you know, <laughs> which is kind of fun. Like I, I, I fuck with that. But at the same time. <laughs> Like, come on, this has got to fucking come to some kind of conclusion at some point. It's a, I, I did not know that it was a two-hour movie. Um, and when, when I, I get like getting into this, and I got like, like an hour. In, yeah, and I got like an hour into it, and I was just like, "Really? <laughs> it's a slog. <laughs> slog, man. I mean, it's fun. Don't get me wrong, but like, it's, it didn't. It's, it's it, it didn't feel like a slog to me for one reason, and that is the fucking soundtrack. Well, okay. like the score was brilliant, and. It didn't have to, it didn't need to give any visual indications of being noir 
Yes. It didn't actually need to do that because they provided this soundtrack that felt like they literally just stole it from another movie. And mm. and maybe they did. I fucking don't know. But it that was so successful. And and the whole time, like anytime I started to feel like, why am I here? I don't actually like anybody in this movie. <laughs> um, every time I started to feel that way, the like violins would kick in again and there'd be this beautiful score that like made it make sense again. I think mm-hmm. that the music held the whole fucking film together and without that score it would have it would have not worked that that really just made me think of it differently because i actually when i was watching it i didn't really care for the score but now i think you put it in a context where i appreciate it now because it's kind of like it it is a noir but again like you said there's no like visual cues that it's noir it's just kind of a weird oh i would well i would it's interesting because I would actually disagree with that because I think it's shot very much like an old school Hitchcock movie, like especially with the way. Yeah, like it is shot like Hitchcock. The, the way like the way that like out they, with the gravestone. Yeah, exactly. literally. Yeah, yeah Hitchcock. Yeah. yeah, yeah, true. Well, yeah. like also like like just, um, yeah, just how it's shot, like how the sometimes like the car scenes, like where they would where they were where the camera was placed and they were traveling like sometimes how he would how we'd be moving through especially like the um the courtyard of his of his apartment and Mm. all all the shadows would would play and then that weird i'm sure this exists i don't know what this is that that kind of weird pathway that is is it felt like it's almost like this hidden route and oh so 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 that's that that's a pathway in griffith park those are like very well yeah those are like very well known in la like uh griffith park is kind of our central park it's actually five times larger mm-hmm. than, than central mm-hmm. park it's a really big place also cursed as fuck um you can go uh-huh. look up why I, I i forget the whole story but like it is like i've been there after night don't recommend it um uh, don't recommend it um i think i told that story at last podcast but i walked down a uh I went, went to go oh, do some ritual yeah. work there and I walked down a pathway and something was like, you take another step, I'm going to eat you. And I'm like, cool. This place is not a place to be there. <laughs> Thanks, um, bye. Does it, yeah, later. Are there actual, are there, are the actual passages will open up into apartment complexes like that? Uh, hmm, no, not re- kind of. Like, uh, it depends on where you live. Like, because there are people that live in like, there's like little neighborhoods in Griffith Park proper, but they kind of only go like a certain amount in there. Like, and then those are like, because it goes up a hill, right? And and there's houses, like, like wealthy houses along this hill. And then it kind of like either like tails off into a, like a big wealthy house in the end. Or like, it just, yeah, there's like, there's, there's all kind of like weird little nooks and crannies in the city that like, you know, I, I've lived here for six years and I, I probably only see. Still discover right stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel like I've seen like 3% of it. Like, it's like three, 4% of it tops. Like it's, it's, it's also, um, I mean, it's enormous. <laughs> no it's it's a fucking like enormous place especially like if you i remember like taking the plane in and looking out and being like what the fuck did i just do this place is huge and i don't have a car yeah it's um, crazy yeah <laughs> it looks I was like, like what the fuck did you I get do? that shot that the very beginning where it's just this web of lights that go on forever yeah oh yeah yeah and like and yeah it's kind of like it, it is kind of like big and and ugly like not in a bad way in like a like a gnarled roots of a tree kind of way um yeah yeah i i mean speaking of which like that way to pick a movie that was shot like mostly in the neighborhood next door to mine <laughs> like i was just like it's like from the first shot i was like i know exactly where he is because i know where that gray goose printer shop is <laughs> like that is in los Feliz. <laughs> that's right there well kind of like the border of los Feliz and silver lake they kind of blend together but like yeah uh there's not anything that was like there's a 
couple things were in my neighborhood specifically. It's mostly in Silver Lake, which is just west. I live in Echo Park, like, but the uh, the scene where he's like on the paddle boats in the lake, like that's that's by me. That's like a couple blocks away from me. Um, so I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Well, well done, guys. Well, wait, 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 wait to cater to me. Wait to pamper me. Sweet. <laughs> well, Kurt, I also, I also love that a Nord chase happened on a, uh, on a paddle boat. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, and like that's definitely like a super fucking touristy thing. Like they're normally shaped like swans, um, like they're literal <laughs> swan paddle boats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that would have been even funnier, but they weren't. They were just regular ones for some reason. I don't know. Maybe they didn't get the licensing rights or something. But like, yeah, they're normally like big old fucking like Disney World swans. <clears throat> that's, that's amazing. Yeah, that's really funny. Uh, I, I don't know how accurate Kurt knew it would be, but I knew like he was like, I really want to do this movie. And I'm like, I'm like, well, we have a friend who lives in L.A., so like we should just ask him to come on the show and like. Uh, and I think our things kind of kind of be like the first time you're invited on, you get to pick the movie for the most part, like, or if not, we'll we'll fix it in the second time you get to pick. But like the second time you get invited on the show, we fucking pick. Yeah, we inflict <laughs> it on you. Yes. Yeah. Well, well done. Well done. Yeah, I, I did. I, I love I love the inverse hospitality of that. That's 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 wonderful. Um, but you're bringing uh, potato salad. <laughs> uh <laughs> i've got i can bring cups and ice no you're making a casserole fuck you um, <laughs> we have cups and ice already <laughs> all right i don't know how to make a casserole <laughs> now you're making two um but uh yeah the uh no it was like i was it was it was kind of fun recognizing stuff from there i but my again i, I also had the thing where i was like this, how did this dude afford that apartment that's a nice apartment even for 2011 like that's I mean, it was probably significantly more inexpensive than because like, because like, I, yeah, I did kind of look that up where I was like, he, uh, David Robert Mitchell's kind of known for shooting like anachronistic things. And I think this one, he was like, it's specifically this date, but mm -hmm. like, um, yeah, I was just like, how the, he has a view of Griffith Park. So he's like up top. I was like doing like LA real estate while I was watching it. So he's like up there, <laughs> but it's like, he can see that like and yet he doesn't have a job so like did he do something was he in like some kind of band but no he's an asshole so he would brag about it and he's not bragging about it so either he's yeah. just that far gone or like i, I that was that kind of irked me because i was just like like there's he lives this like particular kind of like flaneur lifestyle that needs to be like uh uh uh, funded somehow but he doesn't really yeah. seem like a trust fund kid because his mom assumes that he has a job so it's like that part was kind of confusing to me i i, I think that that I, was intentionally just to like draw mystique out of it because sure there were points where like, there was at least one point where someone addresses it and he's like kind of like brushes it he he tactfully uh disregards it he's just like yeah don't worry about that or something mm. But that's also well, more like I, the per perpetual LA question of like, because that's kind of what they're what they're lampooning and is like you go to parties and people are like, oh yeah, are you working on anything? You go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you change the subject because you're not working on anything. Um, like that's that's I think that's more what that is. But um, like when he's like with the um with the the Alan character where they're both doing it to each other and they're both <laughs> politely pretending that they're not, yeah. which is like very spot on. <laughs> spot the fuck on. I have done that 
on so many occasions. <laughs> <laughs> Just I, make up I, projects I also, <laughs> that people so people don't worry about me. I love it. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. I, I think that's I think that's also that's that's like mixed into the life of being a freelancer. Oh where, yeah. And and it's also something I have noticed specifically about LA. LA is a weird place where I don't know if it's this it's much like this now, but there was a period going through like the 80s and 90s where you could have just worked on one random thing and then you would just have money forever. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, a, a McDonald's kind of a, commercial it, could buy you a house in the 90s, yeah. House. Yeah. Yeah, and like I, I probably less so now, but I still, having been a freelancer, I've had this life before where it's like, you're crazy busy, but then you're just in, I'm kind of in one of these, I also relate to this movie because I'm kind of in this, I'm kind of living his life a little bit right now. Yeah, you're in this picture and I'm you don't like it. In, yeah, I'm like, I'm I'm in my hometown of Atlanta and mostly what I can, I don't have a job right now. Like my freelance came and went and I'm just sort of wandering around exploring parts of the city I haven't seen before. And like, I kind of know exactly what this, you're kind of listless and you're looking for something. You're trying to like, just explore. And Although he's much more um, uh, like, much more of a paranoid schizophrenic about shit than, than I am. <laughs> oh yeah, no, like, yeah, he's, he's pretty, pretty like clearly unwell. But like, there is like a certain, again, like there is something about what this city with the Hollywood complex kind of does to people who are already either in that, in the, in that sunken place or they're like predisposed to it, it really does bring it out in a, in a way. And New York does it too, but there's a different flavor to it. Like, because it, it, in New York, like New York will chew you up and spit you out like way quicker. LA, well, you can kind of like be broke and still like have a good time here. Like you can still get to the beach somehow, you know? Uh-huh. It's fucking, yeah, it's fucking 70 degrees in March, you know? Like you can still, <laughs> and that's kind of like, there's pros and cons to that. Cause sometimes you're like, oh, great. I don't have to be rich to like enjoy whatever. Right. But the same, like, like, like in New York where sometimes like you really can't do shit, but whereas like here it's like, Oh, but I can delude myself into thinking that everything's going to be fine, which this movie does a great job with, with the whole eviction countdown. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> like, like that was actually like uh, the most um, that was, that, that was probably the most believable part of the main plot to me. Cause I'm like, Oh no, somebody would totally do this. Like if they were like, if their career had stagnated, if they had like gone through a couple blows, like back to back to back, because I've seen it happen to people like, oh yeah, like they'll just like act like everything's fine when they're literally about to be homeless the next day. And then, and then shit on homeless people <laughs> when they're literally <laughs> about to be homeless. That is also a thing that certain types of fucking like white liberal Angelinos who live in those neighborhoods would do. Um, yeah. <laughs> beautiful beautifully done it's a little the little yeah, details of this movie are great well that that really ties back into the the um the like hobo king too right like if that's the guy that's running the show and people are constantly like looking down on them pretending and there was that like that that throwaway line which wasn't really throwaway because it ties into this but like <clears throat> the like odd you know i'm not supposed to say this but i just fucking hate homeless people they just yeah. fucking demand. Well, no, it. like I've had those conversations with. And people, he was like, he even... was literally getting evicted. Like, like yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, but like I've literally had those conversations with like ostensibly, you know, like liberal or progressive people. Now, granted, the neighborhood I live in is like one of the most progressive in the country to the point where my local coffee shop gives away Narcan, um, out from their own time. 
and fentanyl testing strips. But if you go to like Santa Monica, like they don't, they literally just don't have bathrooms for people. No, they're just like, they, they, they just close their bathrooms in general to customers. Like they just don't <laughs> let you pee in the Starbucks. Would you, would you like some extra estrogen or testosterone? And yeah, right, right. Yeah, no, <laughs> but like, no they just don't. Like... Yeah, it's, it's pride. Uh, no, they, they, um, they, they don't, um, they don't fucking, uh, they, they don't, uh, like, they just try to pretend that they don't exist, even though they're more prevalent over there because they're by the beach and there's like literally more space for them to live. Um, yeah, it's fucking, it's fucking wild. Like there, um, there's actually like a weird little uh, tunnel area of really trying not to give away where I live. Um, <laughs> tunnel area over by like where I live, where it's like um, kind of like a, it's like an old maintenance tunnel of a of a school. Um, and there's like, there's just like. Like, like a like an encampment of homeless people that live literally underground in this tunnel system like and, and, and like you can like see it off the street like it, it's like a it's like, it's like stairs and there's a big chain link fence around it that you can go in and out of but they've just totally taken that over which is kind of fucking rad like there's literally like 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 a small like like a small city well not city there's not that many people but like there's like a small like place it's like for them a mini to go. village yeah yeah there's like a mini village like that they made themselves i mean there there are like little housing projects around here and shit for them but like they, they literally made that one themselves which is kind of rad um when, that, I, when that you think rem- about it yeah. that reminds me there, there was a book it's i forget when it was written but it was called mole people because there used to be apparently a huge uh allegedly like a huge underground homeless population in new york and in fact, there, there's a uh, there's a documentary called Dark Days, which is about a group that lived. Uh, there's like a huge uh, Amtrak tunnel system, and they went down there and they they uh, they like interviewed and it's a really cool documentary. It was made. I think I've seen parts of that. Now that you mentioned, you it. probably I, have. I yeah. feel like I have. Yeah, and like they they like built stuff into the walls and like they like engineered shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I have seen that because it's fucking okay. incredible. <laughs> like Every, everything you just said means everything to me. So I'm gonna watch this probably fucking tomorrow. Like dark, it's, dark dark, it's a really good documentary. Yeah, like okay. if I, living underground with hobos has long like since I was a child. <laughs> it's just like like I don't give a fuck about all your fancy human bullshit. Like I just want to know that there's like a fire and some people I can trust. And like what you just described, like if I lived in LA, I'd live there. I'd be your neighbor. There's a lot of tweakers though. (laughs) They're all tweakers. I'm sorry. That's that's cool because it it would be a lot easier to subsume them into my cult. Yeah, true. (laughs) They were (laughs) tweaked out. Yeah. 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 I mean, I I was going to say like, you know, Reverend Jangle Bones, if that's a, if that's a hyper sigil that matches up with that narrative if i've ever fucking heard it right <laughs> i mean if i walked in there with some some fully charged tie talismans i think i could start a cult yeah probably yeah, yeah they'd be like they'd be like i i i got the black helicopters following me again man oh you got to go to river jangle bones we gonna, <laughs> gonna fix you right up yeah <laughs> I, I i like this i like this already just need an uncrox <laughs> yeah you just need a like yeah, I stole some, stole some hyssop. Uh, no, no, you grow hyssop. You grow hyssop under hydroponic lights somehow. Um, that's that's the Southern California way. Like you do, you would like liberate some kind of like expensive equipment somehow, get it working, and then just grow weed underground. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Speaking of which, I'm like I'm just, really. It's a good. 
I, I'm just imagining you like you, you burning this and uh, like the black helicopters in the sky and you burning it and then you just can pluck it out of the sky and it turns into a toy helicopter. <laughs> yes, I love that. I love that. <laughs> well, if they're all tweaking, then you can just make a mobile ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. Just a guy with a string bouncing the helicopter around. It's just like some toys and some coat hangers and string. <laughs> oh, it's like yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's like, it's like a Howdy Doody set, like from the fifties. It's like it's like literally just just like a cardboard. This is how they did. dangling from some wires. Return after these messages. Soapbox Podcast is entirely listener-supported. Please click the link in the show notes below to keep the show going. This is how they did Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. <laughs> I should know I worked on it. <laughs> <laughs> Furthering the mystique. Uh, oh, also, oh, another great line from, from, from the movie is... Uh, like, oh, you were an actress? Yeah, I was on a soap opera from five years to six months. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is definitely like another thing I've I, I've I've certainly overheard that somewhere. Uh, as, yeah. yeah, like that one. It's like, is this really? Was this a line, or was this just some person at a party they caught on film? I'm like, no, that's an actor. Okay. No, I'm like, I'm I, sure. I I dated I dated an ex-child actress for for a minute, and yeah, like they just. I forget how young she started. Like she she started like somewhere between six and nine. Like say so, yeah, like I, like really young. Uh, she was in a movie with uh, Steve Martin. Actually, that was like her big thing huh. that she did when she was a kid. Yeah. Um. But uh, fuck, now people was are like, it like? I gotta stop doing that. I imagine with a child actor, like someone who used to be a child actor and dating them, it would be like um like you go to take a piss and they're just like, "Where are you? Do you not love me?" <laughs> no, no, I, no. Actually, honestly, she, she was like relatively well adjusted. Um, but um, yeah, I uh, impressive. Yeah, yeah. I, but um, yeah, I. What did I say? Uh, um, the 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 actual people commenting on themselves is is was a great theme in this movie because there's also that scene where he goes over to his friend's house and this friend launches that drone. And goes and like it hovers outside that woman's house, and while that's happening, he's like, "People are way too paranoid. It's all bullshit." Like, <laughs> oh like, yeah, yes, oh like, yeah. <laughs> no, because I, like I, I, I was kind of like annoyed a little bit with the perviousness of the movie because I'm just like, he's just kind of like walking around getting away with this shit. Like this, does, like, this doesn't feel like I know it's supposed to be satire but I'm like okay like he's got he literally just beat the shit out of a child like he's got to get like not he's got to not get away with something and then the drone scene happens and the woman just starts crying and they both are like oh god uh we're terrible <laughs> I'm like okay good okay good yeah. <laughs> good there's a little bit more tension in this now thank god yeah it's, it's not so just amazing. watch this awful guy do all shit. okay cool <laughs> I feel like I also like while I was watching it, I also felt like this is Topher Grace's attempt at getting into like more edgier indie stuff. Yeah. Because like, he went from that 70s show to like some some like drama comedy that I can't remember the name of. 
uh, that was lame. And like, I don't remember anything else since then. And then it's just like, he just shows up here with a beard as this perv. And I'm like, is this your, are you, you're a little young to be pulling like a Bill Murray moment, but that's what I feel like he's trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he he's a, I, I don't know. I feel like when you play like one thing for so long, you just want to do fucking anything else. Like, even if, even if it's like not your iconic role, like even if it's just like you're on a show for a couple of years or if you're like a recurring character that like whatever you get recognized for on the street, I feel like that just there's a lot of diminishing returns yeah, on yeah. that. You know what I mean? Where you're just like, fuck, can I just do like anything else that doesn't make me like uh, 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 Billy the No Tooth Gambler or whatever? You know, I don't know. Oh, man. That's made up I a character. Two, yeah. Two, two, two successful words for you in this category. Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, right. Exactly. Great fucking example. Like he's like, cool. I'm gonna play a farting corpse that gets yeah. used as a boat. Fuck yeah. you. I'm gonna yeah. do Equus. Here's my dick. Literally. Fuck you. I'm gonna um, do fucking Guns Akimbo, and then I'm also gonna do a fucking like Nazi movie. Like he's, he's all <laughs> yeah. All I'm also gonna do this like kind of crappy. Seems like it should have been produced in the aunts. Uh, uh, the horror movie. Uh, the the woman in black. Um. I don't even know that, but like, yeah, exactly. Um, just as yes, yeah, yeah. It, both. I think both Tim and uh, and Frodo. Fuck, what is his name? Elijah uh, Wood. Yeah. Oh, but he's a good actor though, too. Man, he is. Yeah, yeah. But it's but the I only think, good I thing about both, season two of Yellow Jackets. I don't know if I I've told both, this. Oh, go ahead, Kurt. Oh, I the, both of them kind of. I think they they hit the ideal because they played super iconic characters made a lot of money on it and now they're just sort of free to do whatever the fuck they want and they're literally both of them are kind of doing whatever the fuck they want and they yeah. also I look think like that's they pretty be, awesome i think they also could be cousins yeah they could <laughs> they look like twins well you know who else does that too you know who says that too is robert pattinson and i kind of love his career arc i i always i always like irks people because people will be like well ask that stupid fucking question when they're like well, what actor do you see yourself like following the career trajectory of it's like some fucking like lame ass fucking LinkedIn question that people ask me. And I'm like, Robert Pattinson. And they're like, why you, did Twi- you want to do Twilight? And I'm like, no, because he did fucking like eight years doing like some stupid fucking thing that made him a shitload of money. And now he just does art movies. And and also he's just like, <laughs> fuck it. I'll play Batman too. Why not? Like that sounds <laughs> awesome. Also he's friends with death grips. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah. Like that sounds like, that sounds like something that uh, that I would do. I, I I would be I'd be into that. Like, oh, cool. I'll like do something really dumb for a little while, make a bunch of money, and then just do art movies for a decade. That sounds fantastic. That's um, like what's his face uh, that was in uh, Spring Breakers. Oh, um, oh, James Franco. Yeah. James Franco. He basically is just like like someone goes like, "Hey, we've got a yes. I'll do it." Like, <laughs> yeah, people give Nicolas Cage a lot of shit for that, but yeah, Franco is way more guilty of that than yeah. Nicolas Cage ever is. I mean, I, I you know, he he still makes good choices, but the way that it looks is like he just goes like, yeah, fuck it. Mm. Mm. Like, I think oh, there yeah. actually is a lot of tact to his decisions, but it, it doesn't like seem that way. And I think there's something to that. Something I haven't really liked him in anything aside from The Disaster Artist, which also reminds me that I once actually saw Tommy Wiseau in the wild while I was catering uh, an awards thing. And he's very short. <laughs> and I just kind of fucking like, I'm like, he, he, like what, he's, the way the room is shot, he seems so much taller. Like, what the fuck? 
And uh, he, so he had these. <laughs> no, he like no, but like to like like almost like grotesquely so. If I if I may be so bold, like he was like just because I'm like I'm like six foot, and he's like he's like five four, like he's short, like five four five five. He's like because he was with these two tall beautiful women that were like you know his escorts or whatever or like whatever whatever time away it does. <laughs> Um, but he was like wearing gonna also, get locked into uh, the vault yeah, with. Yeah, he was yeah. wearing like a really fancy tuxedo with like I don't know what did he have ruffles on? Maybe I'm imagining that because it's funnier. No, but he like had like a <laughs> he had like a like a classic like bow tie tuxedo on, and then he had actually not wraparound sunglasses, like oh, okay. like like guy in car ranting about the government wraparound sunglasses. <laughs> like it was like fucking like what why but i love it <laughs> his hair is like longer than mine and i was like i love you just look like a like 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 a, like a rich gremlin and i'm here for it this is fantastic <laughs> i think uh, he is a rich gremlin. that's basically yeah no i think he's yeah he's like gotta be like like a he's like a trust fund gremlin like uh <laughs> no oh, that's how he looks i'm sure he like i don't I don't I don't know where he comes from, man. He's from don't like, don't give him any cash advances after midnight. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he um what was your uh, what was your Elijah Wood story? Have I not oh, told Elijah. that on the podcast yet? I think you may have. I think you may have. Well, but I, I, I guarantee anyone listening to this episode hasn't listened to that episode. <laughs> so um well I, I worked at the Sarasota Film Festival for years and uh like one night we we all went to Shamrock Pub to drink and like there's always during that time of year when the film fest in town there's always like crowds and there's always a few famous people they're usually b-listers like that's what we get in Sarasota mm-hmm. but like fucking Elijah Woods there uh for some reason and he's at the Shamrock Pub and I'm outside like I walked there from home already drunk playing my ukulele all the way there and I get there and right. he's outside drinking with people I fucking know. And I'm like, whatever, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do the normal thing and pretend I don't care that Elijah Wood's here, even though he's fucking Frodo. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and he comes up to me and he's like, would you play me a song? And I'm like, of course I'll play you a song, Elijah Wood. And so I played him the song called Snack Party. That's like I wrote one night when I was getting ready to go to a party. And the girl that I was going to the party with as my date stopped by my house unannounced to break up with me two hours before the party. So I wrote a song about it, which is really like self-indulgent whiny, but it's also like calling itself out on being self-indulgent whiny in the lyrics. And I played it for him. Like just, I just played a fucking whole song, like five and a half minutes for Elijah Wood. And I got done and I like opened my eyes to like come back to reality and he's fucking crying and he gives me a hug. And I'm like, this is not <laughs> happening. Like, this is Wait, not. What? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, he, he was like, that was absolutely fucking beautiful. Like blah, blah, blah. And then he starts his own, like two years later starts a record label and I don't know how to get a hold of him. Like, I'm like, what the fuck, bro? I made you cry. Like, give me what, a deal. He, he, he has like a production company that does horror movies too. Right. Yeah, he, yeah, he's got his fingers in a lot of things lately. Yeah, I think I think it's great. He, mm. he clearly like loves the industry and like loves the the business of it for fun, like for the right reasons. I think that's great. Well, here's the thing too: like, there's a lot more of those people than I think. Like, and people on Twitter, uh, especially 
like to uh, pretend that there is. I, I always say like, if there's anything I've learned living here, like when you first get here, like it's really apparent because you hit like this fucking like atmosphere, this atmospheric barrier of like scammers and con artists <laughs> and yeah. like just loud, like fucking people like trying to make money off of like uh, being famous on social media, or at least that's how it was when I got here. Um, and, um, uh, once you get kind of past that though, like, cause LA kind of puts you through like a little initiation period where she's like, all right, what the fuck you got for me? Like, um, and, uh, yeah, that's like the first like year or two ish. Uh, and, uh, th then you meet the other fucking 90, 95% who are so grateful to be here, who are love what they do, even if it's just rolling fucking cable or even if it's just like being on set, doing whatever, if it's just doing crafty um yeah like there's it, it's actually like like a pretty like working class union town where everybody watches their backs and like kind of grumbles about the boss it's great <laughs> it's actually kind of well, wonderful in that way in that way as you're describing that what i'm picturing is uh altar boys like <laughs> okay you might not you might not be the priest leading the religion but you're there to wrap up cables and you're just like proud to be a part of supporting what's going on yeah and yeah like, kind of yeah like yeah you're kind of like you're well yeah I, I wouldn't call necessarily like altar boys but like more like part of, they're more like part of the congregation i would mm -hmm. i would say like and like in like a traditional if we're gonna go like it's, it's making me think of like a tent revival more than like a catholic church wow okay like, i like that yeah I like that. yeah it's more like it's it's a lot more fucking horizontal than people make it out to be like uh you know like people like people like to like bitch about the nepotism or whatever. And like, obviously that exists, but like at the same time, it's also like, Hey, uh, I worked on this thing. Uh, I know this person's doing this other thing. And you showed me that script from a couple of years ago and we're homies. Cause we drink together. And like, I'm going to flip your contact to that. It's a lot of that shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's, like, is, which, that's, which is dope. That's like really like more highly evolved stuff. Nepotism yeah. is, is people complaining about nepotism can just like, you know, get used to reality. Yeah, because seriously. It's like everything. A, it's like a yeah. human, it's a human thing to yeah. support those that you're close to or related to more. Like it's it's human. It's innately human. Like to complain yeah. about that is like, God damn it, we're not robots yet. Like that's what you're saying. <laughs> we're not perfect communist space robots yet. God like, damn it. Like, would you be complaining about nepotism if your grandparents were fucking rich? Like, no. No. Yeah, not. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, the, uh, it's often that's that those complaints also often happen when you're on the outside and starting out, I feel like is the other yeah. thing. And then over time, when you actually do get to know people that I mean, that's just how the world works. That's how anybody gets jobs. As far as I can yeah. tell, when, like no one's actually reading resumes i don't think that's a thing <laughs> yeah I, I i i weirdly enough i have gotten like one or two not acting gigs but like one or two jobs here where like somebody found my resume on linkedin and i'm just like and i immediately regard that with skepticism until proven otherwise and i'm like I'm like okay okay no no you're an actual company that's going to pay me to do something and you're not like a fucking what are the seemingly 8 million trans America fucking uh, financial insurance scams that seem to exist solely in Los Angeles. Um, there seems to be like three new ones that email me like every couple months that are just like, you have sales experience. Come be, come be our call center slave. Um, but uh, yeah, but you, like, you're right though. Like 90% of the time it's more of like, do I, even the job interviews are like, do I want to talk to this person like multiple times a week? 
do I want to, could I actually see myself looking like, I don't have to like them. Can I see myself like hanging out with them? (laughs) Like like, having them at a fucking workplace gathering, having a fucking beer, you know? And yeah, there's, I, 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 once, once people, I think, realize that this is this is like like a giant workplace i i've heard it described but like la is like a coal town but if the coal were film like that's literally like that's kind of the the general vibe of of, of the joint because there's people here that are like because in, in every coal town there's a barber there's a guy that runs the general store there's a guy that owns the car dealership there are people here who have nothing to fucking do with the entertainment industry whatsoever like that's like like, like so many people are completely outside of that which is why i'm like LA and Hollywood are like very, very separate things mm. to me. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's it not w- all influencers. <laughs> it it makes me uh when you were talking about that, it makes me think it like it sounds like Holly Hollywood itself is almost like a UFO that's like just hovering. And uh it it kind of ties in because there's so much weird uh like cia mk ultra kind of ties and other weird shit that's sort of all oh, mixed yeah. in. yeah absolutely i mean and, when you have like the like a, like a centralized like mass communication apparatus which is hollywood like obviously you're gonna you're gonna have people trying to use that <laughs> like regard like that doesn't even have to be like cia mk ultra that could be fucking kellogg's you know well, uh, but, with like you know, all their fucking product placement and shit. <laughs> well, I think I think going back to your vision of the the hand coming from the sky, like mm. I think that that really hit me when you said it because uh, I think that mass communication, like I have a, I I know I'm not the only one, and I don't know where I read it first, but like I think that mass communication might be an extra human idea mm-hmm. in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the idea that, yes, it, it probably is an idea that came down from the sky and probably not for entirely uh, altruistic purposes. Uh, I tend to trust things that pop out of the earth more, even if they're a little more selfish sometimes in, mm. in the way that they present themselves or a little bit more one-sided or like... um there's something about the idea of a hand coming down from the sky that is dealing images concepts dynamics and behavioral uh guidelines to other humans that it's it it smells weird yeah this is this is no it's actually part of what the script i'm writing is about um but yeah and like kind of wasn't there wasn't there also uh there was i think there's also like a nine-ish nails thing that was, that's actually that you, the i'm so glad you said that because that's the image i'm referencing yeah is the presence oh, is the fucking hand from year zero yeah thank you for saying that because yes. yes okay yeah yeah um that record was i love that record so much i'm just like yeah because it's like an alternate reality game man a very <laughs> fucking like mid-aughts of me right um but yeah it's a uh, yeah it's a. Uh, Yes, it it, it is. It's like it, it was like that, but it was like very gnarled and like kind of, and that sort of. I don't know if you guys have ever inter- interacted with anything like um, uh, extra human or ET seeming and like journeying stuff because I have whether I've liked to or not, and I don't care for it. Um, don't care for one bit. Um, but like that gnarled sort of like quasi insectoid, quasi reptilian sort of thing that you get sometimes with that. It's that it's that hand, but made out of that. 
So mm. it's kind of what what's what's over it. And again, like that could that like could skin be, skin scratched stretched over ideas. That's how it of, feels to me. Yeah, and like there's a bloatedness to it too, which is really interesting. I'm glad you, I'm glad you said skin stretch, but like it's because <clears throat> it, it might it could be some something from on high above but it could also very easily be something generated by the and see and thus like seeded in like the actual apparatus itself um yeah which is kind of the vibe i get from it but yeah you see the hand coming down but you don't see the crane that's holding it yeah you don't see the crane that's holding it or you don't see like you know the like sort of uh petri dish that's making the bacteria that's making the hand yeah yeah that's kind of that's kind of where I come from it, but um because yeah it I the um ever since I watched Digimon as a kid the idea of like uh, sentient entities living in the world's communications networks has been like a part of my personal mythos and oh, um I definitely think that the, especially given what we know about like the nine and like the Peter Lavenda stuff like that's absolutely in play I think. I need to go back and do some deep dives at some point because like I have always really appreciated Lavenda's like work on the nine stuff and I, and I've never like been that into it either like uh, I kind of just skimmed it years ago mm-hmm. but I recently have heard that like he has intelligence ties too and it makes me kind of go like god damn it like <laughs> but you're all here's the thing like I I I cuz I had that same fucking like like uh yeah, that 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 visceral being like, oh man, the drug dealer was a cop the whole time, that kind of shit, you know. Yeah, <laughs> or, as long as the or, drugs damn were it, real. the internet, the 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 fucking torrent link had malware in it the whole time. Oh no, um, but uh, and 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 now and now LimeWire crashed my computer, and I have several programs I don't recognize on my desktop. Um, but the uh, not speaking from experience at all. Uh, and apparently, I have I, a mail order bright on the way. <laughs> i don't remember ordering that but it's there um she's from thailand maybe she'll bring amulets <laughs> why is my credit score going down Wait, um, what is this box why does this box say some assembly required that's not good it's, it's... <laughs> we're living in the future uh the future i don't know uh, this box is wet it's very strange <laughs> <laughs> but now i'm thinking squidward future <laughs> the future is a really moist place (laughs) (laughs) that 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 that's got to be the fucking title the future is a moist place (laughs) isn't that i just no i love it it has very little to do with under the silver lake (laughs) underneath except for the fact that lake is in it (laughs) the future is a very moist don't let me forget this tomorrow i've been drinking so (laughs) okay i'm just i'm just gonna like all caps spam you with the yeah. futures and waste plays over and over it. and over again. It'll yeah, take me a minute, God. but I'll get it. Wait like eight hours after this to send it, so I'll be just waking up. I'll time it. I'll like <laughs> I'll like I'll like time the time the email like I used to when I was in sales. No, um, I uh, back like I was I was thinking about like um, what I was saying about like how people on Twitter have have a very different view of how the industry works, and I think that's because like. Yeah, you get a lot of so a couple. I'll say like somewhere between seven and ten years ago, somebody figured out, and this is legit actually, that there was a correlation between um, uh, uh, 
writers and writing professionals who write for television interacting with their audiences on Twitter and uh, an increase in Nielsen ratings back when they used to do that. Um, so that's why you see a lot of fucking TV writers on Twitter. And I think that because of the, there's a lot of like aspiring TV writers who like realize that and fucking chase that shit, like as you do, like that makes sense to do networking wise. But you, I think you also get like a glut of people bitching about the industry without really not really knowing like how it works because the right. writers like don't have that much fucking power dude like it's it's like i i'm sure i'm sure your favorite fucking like cartoon like i i think i think remy used this like the example in discord the other day like jenny jenny tartakovsky would love to make something that's not the powerpuff girls but though that's what people are going to pay him to do because they're they just want a sure bet ip up in the fucking studio executive office so it's like it's not it's a top-down problem not like Oh, these fucking writers want to stick all their shit in there. No, it's like they just want it's they just want stuff that'll sell, whether it's woke or anti-woke, whatever. Like it doesn't matter. It's just like they can they appeal to a demographic? Can they get eyeballs on it? Can they get ad revenue money? Like that's what it's about. I think the whole like Bud Light target thing made that apparent that like the corporation. Oh yeah. Oh, talk about a case study, dude. They are only paying attention to numbers. Like like anyone out there thinking that any corporation cares. For any of their interests take fucking note <laughs> yeah yeah touch grass dude like yeah. for real like like go outside man like a good god uh uh but yeah i it, yeah that just like yeah that 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 always just that always kind of like especially within like um the uh the, the the context of all the fucking strikes and shit that are happening where it's just like if people like really like to weigh in on what they think about like like the television industry as a whole is just like, dude, you live in Maryland. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, like you maybe thought about writing a script at one point. Like, it's just like, here's how I feel about uh, X, Y, Z thing. Here's how I feel about the idol or here's how I feel about Yellowstone or whatever. Like, um, oh, could I see your thesis on why your opinion matters? Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, I mean, everybody deserves to have one, but uh, like, if you, if you're out there thinking that like someone else is going to read it and care well, that too, but it's also just like, you know, like, 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 kind of like learn. I mean, I made this mistake when I first fucking moved here. I came here thinking that I knew shit and I didn't. And then I just kind of learned to like, kind of shut up and observe and learn like a couple things, not a lot, but a couple things, you know, like, so it's, it's, um, I, I, I think that's kind of going away a little bit, like that kind of oversaturation of opinion, especially with like Twitter imploding, like kind of thank God, like the world's favorite bar is closing down. <laughs> you know what I mean? The world's, the world's favorite, the world's Dave and Buster's is closing down, uh, which is basically what Twitter is. And I think, I think a lot of that stuff is, um, um, is hopefully going away and we can get some more, uh, some more good original. I, I, I think, um, I've been thinking a lot with like, um, uh, like like the success of like big original idea sci-fi blockbusters from the 80s and 90s like i've watched the, the fifth element like four times in the last month and i'm like mm-hmm. man this got made and this made money like it, it's, there's no reason that something it like this couldn't get made or make money again it you still know? feels new like if you watch yeah. it, it feels like yeah it's like released this week uh-huh like if, if you could yeah you could really especially like yeah it was with all it's like the, the very specific like like very french aesthetic that that yeah. Gautier brought to it too and like so that's kind of where I'm taking inspiration from is where, where I'm like when I'm writing now is that like how can I how can I 
bring like a like a like a big new crunchy universe for people to like really dig into you know rather than relying on um uh so it's that way there's less of a in the future a reliance on or over reliance on uh, already marketable ip you know that's that's really cool uh and it's actually it's really helping me uh illuminate something for myself because i know like i have all of this like kind of metaphysical and occult like backstory stuff to build from to, to write fiction mm -hmm. but the idea of uh making it feel like it has like a consistent vibe right like like sinking into uh, a certain sort of uh aesthetic even with just the written word like to the way you're describing things right like that's something that i don't necessarily have down yet it's like i've got all this meat it's it's really a lot of uh um Cauda draconis going on like yeah like, yeah word yeah like it's, it's, so it's like a lot like of meat these... but you don't quite know how to season it yet like kind of yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah 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 i i, I feel very but similar cool. about that. like what i hear is that you're you're getting to the point where you're you're playing with seasonings yeah yeah no and it's because so so i wrote like i wrote like a good like third of a script and then my computer died like my like logic board totally crapped out couldn't even fucking retrieve it and I was so pissed about it because I already like had something I was going for. Yeah. And then all this like fifth element, like, like big sci-fi blockbuster stuff like came in and I was just thinking about like, I was thinking about Clive Barker. I was thinking about like some of the big ideas that are like in Cronenberg movies that he plays with. And I'm like, well, dude, like there's no reason you can't do that. It doesn't have to be like, because I was, it was originally when I was writing it was a very contained horror piece that I knew would be easy to shoot. And it would be, it would be, uh, yeah, but it would be easy to shoot. That would be because like a lot of like indie horror stuff is written in a way that uh, is easy to buy because it's easy to make and it's easy to see a profit on. Right. So I was thinking in that mindset, which is fine. Like that's big for me. I didn't used to do that. But now I'm like, no, but you can also just like take a fucking big swing and just see what happens. If you hate it, you could always do something else. <laughs> it's fine. now I have to ask, uh, does wh where this. Uh turn is coming from what do you mean like the uh the the change in concept like is this coming from somewhere or is this an idea i don't know yet i actually don't know it just like i just feel like i need to do something like bigger with it so like and so the the the, the so i dreamt the story um i i think it was something given to me by a very particular uh star spirit that's uh the heart of a snake um and because uh, it was very explicit about some of the stuff in it. And um, so it takes place. It's a, it's a, a tech billionaire's daughter and like three of her friends that get stuck in a remote French estate during a far right military coup, a countrywide military coup, a couple of decades in the future. And I'm like, OK, well, that's already an interesting like siege, like contained horror narrative. Right. And there's like a lot of interesting things to do there. And then I was like. Well, it'd be really fun if there was just like an underground civilization that's been worshiping this snake god for for eons. I'm like, no, don't do that. I'll be fucking let them you know, do some fucking labyrinth shit, Owen. What the fuck <laughs> is wrong with you? Like, no, what the hell is some Jim Jim Henson ass? And then of course my computer dies and I'm like, fuck. And then and then more and more it's just like, hey, look at this big thing that worked. You can you can try that. And I'm like, oh. Fuck, I gotta do this now. Okay, fine, 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 fine. I'll make it all work and I'll somehow keep the cannibalism from the dream in there too. I don't know. I don't know how it's gonna work, but it's gonna. <laughs> That's interesting. I'm working cannibalism into my story too. Yeah.
yeah seems to be it seems to be around uh, <laughs> yeah my my mine uh mine are currently cannibal free but that's uh so that might be temporary. We'll see. Work on it, Kurt. Work on it. Well, yeah, listen, listen, man. Like I, I, <laughs> I, I know that you're, you know, you're two months sober from cannibalism, but you don't got to lord it over us. Like we're still working through it. We're still going through. I, oh no, 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 no! I still, I still practice. I still practice. I just, I just don't like it in my fiction. That's all. Bro, I fucked up yesterday. <laughs> bro, I, bro, I fucked up yesterday. I'm on a white chip again. Don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's like um, shaped like a rib cage too <laughs> it's like a little it's like a little bone <laughs> it's not like a casino chip it's like a little like it's like a little guy ribs. yeah um I, I was asking uh less in terms of spirits and more in terms of okay so like the stuff that was coming to me uh maybe a year and a half ago as ideas to write for a story right and i hadn't even at that point been 100% sure that I wanted to fucking try that like it was like I've always wanted to right like I when I was a, the first dream job I ever had as a child was like I wanted to animate like hand-drawn stuff and then later I was like well I want to be a CGI animator and then that didn't last very long before I was like fuck CGI and then <laughs> and then I realized how much money it would cost to go to school to do that and how much I would have effort I would have to put forth and I became a musician, right? <laughs> um, for all of my twenties, but uh, so like the 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 desire to create story has always been there. But uh, what what actually made it seem more tangible for me was straight up like Kelby and David of Agitator and Broken River, like they the the way that they encourage like you don't like fuck it like you don't actually need like you need to practice you need to like learn things but like don't let these misconceptions about what it is to be a professional like get in your way or like what's possible or or that kind of thing and like seeing uh like particularly the way that kelby stuff has has evolved from being like these stories that are based largely on like personal experience of like rent's got to be paid and that's like the the plot to like all of his stories to yeah. like to like mercy his, his mercy's book. fucking tremendous dude like I, like I yeah that kind of leap um can only really happen if you're like disregarding these conceptions of like what what should I be to, like, like this idea of like, oh, do, I, do I now have to make an entire fucking cult that worships a snake guy? I got to be this guy does this thing. But it's like, why not? It's free. It's literally. Yeah, just, no, no, it, it is. Why not? It's free. But it's also just like, I'm like, oh, OK, so it's going to it's going to it's going to be it's going to be an endeavor. OK, <laughs> I got to. Yeah, but, but that's also part of the thing is like I think about again, like thinking about mercy, like a lot of what made that book so great was all these just like really detailed explanations of the stuff that was around mm -hmm. while the story was happening and so like adding that texture like it didn't actually need to be like interwoven in a way that that was dynamic or made sense uh like it could just kind of be there supporting everything and i think that just i don't think that that opens up to you unless you absolve yourself of those like what if or then i have to do this or then i have to make it make sense like to just be like no this is what's fucking 
it's this. And then like, I, I don't know. I, I'm having a hard time like tying this up. <clears throat> no, no, I, I think I see where you're going with it because it's just like, I've, I'm also thinking about, man, there's so many great movies and books that like some just don't really make any sense if you squint at it for more than 10 minutes like uh, yeah. uh, the the uh the uh, famous john mulaney bit where he's like the he, he tries to be the guys who pitch back to the future and they're just like <laughs> and they're just yeah, they're just like marty mcfly is a high school teenager whose best friend happens to be a disgraced nuclear physicist hmm. how old is this guy he's either 40 or 90 who knows like yeah <laughs> it, it, <laughs> definitely yeah. at least twice the main's age yeah, so, so they go back in time and, and try to, to stop JFK assassination? Well, that's way cooler than what we had. Because, see, we thought we it would be fun for him to go back in time and try to fuck his mom. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 But no, it's a really good point, though, dude. Like, fucking, yeah. I, I And I like to think of myself sometimes as somebody who's really, I just like, I just, I'm just going to disregard this and bring something incomprehensible into the world, a la Gilles Deleuze, right? But, like, you know, so I, I do find myself getting into those places where I'm like, okay, but I have to seem like clever in a particular way. And I, 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 and I don't do that consciously, but it comes about in these like roundabout ways. It's like little, that just fucking seem like, catty little ways. That's like the ways that we, we like, oh, I, I, cause I, I run into that shit all the time in, in writing in even in magic, like in a weird way. Um, oh yeah. Same. But but also in music, like I used to run into that a lot. <clears throat> There's these ways that you want to like insert yourself, like your your egoic conception of like what you want to be represented. Because you think like, oh, I'm making a thing. I better make this thing represent me how I want to be represented. And at that point, you start to insert like these. Uh, the, like you're sitting here being you, but you're conceiving of ways that you'd like to be. And, and mm. then like trying to, to cram those in. And mm, somehow craft like uh, a propaganda for yourself that or or a hyper sigil to like manifest yourself into. So like it's like a I I want to be the but but like the way that you are and all the all the the clever amazing shit that you've already accumulated that stuff's effortless, right? Like like you just if you just go that stuff falls out. Yeah, and, yeah, and most people don't have those exact things so they're gonna think it's cool but like when you start to like you start to think about the future self somehow and and try to insert the, the self you want to be into the thing you're making now i think is what happens a lot it's like we, we dream of the self we'd like to be and we try to create a thing from that person mm. but if we if we just kind of like relax and just do what the fuck ever yeah, it's like, it's like we 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 create like a weird like uh, the image I'm getting is like a like a like a somebody building a homunculus and then this like throwing it into a meat grinder, you know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah, like it's like it's like you're building something. You're like I'm gonna sacrifice myself for this art, and then you build something, and you're like that's me, and then you throw it in the fire, and, <laughs> yeah, and then it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. it kind of really didn't do that. And I mean, I mean, I I like what you're saying because it, it's it echoes something that I I I've a tip that I've been on for a couple of years at this point where. I don't really, not that I don't believe in self-expression, because when I say something like that, people think I'm being either pretentious, some kind of crypto-fascist, or uh, a, uh, or or just like 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 sounding like an idiot. Um, no, but I, I I just don't think it's that good of a metaphor all the time. 
Like, like sometimes it's like, I've had this experience and it needs to go somewhere or I'm going to develop an ulcer. So yeah, I am going to fucking distill this and it's going to go on here. Cause like, this is something that I need to fucking tell other people like, holy shit, that's valid. But at the same time, like, I think it's way more valuable to think of yourself as a conduit at best for some, you know, like something else fucking is coming through and, 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 and shooting those fucking things into your head. And like, yeah, I, 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 at best you're like a grateful, a grateful gateway in a way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I gateway, I, conduit sounds like a, you have a little bit more agency than a gateway. So I, I actually go with I, conduit. I like going I, old school and saying uh bridge. Word. Like, yeah. Like it just feels good to be like, I want to stretch myself from this idea to this idea and see what wants to walk across me. Oh, I like that. I like yeah. that. Okay, so you can also close the bridge off if you need to, which I like. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. can fucking knock that shit down in the water if you need to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. Kurt, were you, you going to say something? Uh, maybe you're looking for the word crypto pretentious. Maybe that's actually what <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It goes right back into fucking under the Silver Lake. Jesus, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. No, I, I, uh, I, think, I, I think all of these are metaphors that work and actually i think you probably shift from one to the next and there's also a certain point where you're not a conduit at all you're just it's like all of the packages arrived and now like now you have to break them out of the boxes and actually do the work of assembling it i think that's another aspect of it that that i don't think is talked about as maybe as much uh probably because it's not that's not the mysterious part. That's just the grunt work part of it. Sure, but like but, that's but but that's usually the work, like you said, like that's usually the work that is tasked to you, though, right? Like is yeah. is, is actually building the thing, which I think is really is really astute. And yeah, no one wants to no like screen like I don't know, maybe 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 some do like want to think of themselves as like some kind of like I like grand IKEA assembler of ideas. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, but that is what it is, though, isn't it? Because it's like. I mean, fuck, even conversation is architecture in a way. So, you know, you're kind of building a, building a thing with somebody, right? So, yeah, yeah, I like that. Well, this this podcast is actually my rebellion against the fact that we craft conversations. <laughs> it's me going like, no, I'm going to be stubborn and fucking forget what I'm saying all the time and have no structure and no nuts. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think slowly I'll sink back into the fact that like you're right and conversation is an art as well. It's like it's all it's all like oh. art, magic and creation all together. And uh, like at least at least a few seconds of forethought, if not like years worth, go into all the stories we tell. With yeah. Fiction. Well, yeah. And there's that there's that that, that there's that stereotype in the industry that like the first thing you write is it's with novels too but it's like i've definitely heard it for for um scripts is that like the first thing you write is like the first like you know again 30 20 30 40 years of your life and the next thing you write is like you're pulling from the last year of it <laughs> you know if you, if you if you if you if you sell the first one that's like yeah like what you've accumulated over that and then you sell the second one it's just like Oh, well, this is just what I came up with over the last year. <laughs> this is like six months. Yeah, it's yeah. like the last six months. Like, like well, here, here, here's a buddy cop movie that has a squirrel in it. I don't know, man. It's and kinda... that, is something, that is something you hear a lot that happens, right? But what if 
what if it didn't have to be that? Like, what if, what if, uh, what if one book you write pulls like just like this tiny little piece from like this year, this year, and this year? <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I know. I, I, I was being facetious when I said I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I just, I just think it's funny that it's just like, all right, I've used up all thirty-one years of my experience. Now I get to. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm just, just gonna. Like, what if, what if you go with that and you're like, the, maybe it is like this, but maybe I intentionally am like, like uh, you start to come up, like use some wisdom from a different era and you're like, nope, that's for the second book. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. 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 You kind of like you, you, you boyhood, but make it magical realism. Yeah. Uh, yeah there you go. <laughs> well, um, it's actually funny you said like a buddy cop movie with a squirrel. What is, and given that squirrels are such a, component of uh of the numenots but uh yeah you, there's that scene at the very beginning where it's like a suiciding squirrel or something oh yeah like and, like <laughs> and nothing else is mentioned it's just like a squirrel just falls out of the sky as if to be like sometimes la <laughs> fuck and then it's like <laughs> It like looks up like pleading or something. <laughs> I really, dude, I wanted it so bad for it to say chaos reigns, um, like like <laughs> Antichrist, <laughs> like so bad. I'm like, come on, do the Lars von Trier reference. Ah, you coward. Well, I actually, I I toyed with the idea that, uh, that the main character was a serial killer, and. He there's a lot of people that suggest that that's what's going that, he's that he the is dog a dog killer. killer yeah right yeah well because there were a lot of cases where he ended up like kind of wondering what happened to people he had just talked to like a lot uh like most of the time when he had like a uh like a intense uh communication or relationship with someone like immediately there's like fucking caution tape around the door or they're missing or whatever and I was just wondering if, like, if you're starting with, like, animals uh, and it's, like, squirrel first and then dogs and then people. Well, because well, because literally the billionaire's daughter literally says something to that effect, too, right? Where she's like, she's like, well, yeah, if you can kill a dog, you can probably kill, like, kill well, no, actually, she, she says it the opposite because she's like, yeah, right? Because she, cause she's like, she's like, if you can kill a dog, you can definitely kill a human because dogs are, like, awesome and like why would you want to hurt Listen. yeah well, why would you want to hurt a doggo like yeah i have a, a pupperito i gotta, I gotta <laughs> do that yeah and, and and then he he has like a he has like i don't i don't think yeah he's like disagreeing with her yeah um, and he's like he's like no no totally i could do that and she's like dude what the fuck um i also love that <laughs> that homeless dude's line where he's like where his legs don't work but he's like come back over here and sit down i'll shit in your mouth yeah. <laughs> and i'm like i'm like yes like like clearly that was like yeah sometimes sometimes you, you know they say some fucking weird ass shit i i remember some dude who uh lives in our neighborhood he doesn't really live around here now i wonder what happened to him but he would always be like can i play you a song on my flute and i'm like is that a euphemism for something like i don't know if he because he doesn't have a flute like I, he doesn't, it's not in his hand he's not like ready at the waiting to be like hey can i play you a song on the flute for a dollar i'm like no it's not like ready he's just standing there staring at you and Worst like, case scenario is he just starts jerking off. <laughs> you gotta walk away. <laughs> yeah. Um, or maybe, or maybe it is like a a Cronenberg movie. And he just pukes out a bone flute out of his mouth. That's like part of his part of his body that comes out. 
I, I, I'm in. I'm into this. Like that's that's more. That's more. Yeah. Uh, I like. I like, that's, that's I, I like the flavor. Vanna White actually walks out of a shrub and hands him a flute. Oh yeah. How <laughs> how unhinged is that scene where he's telling her or he's telling the the Garfunkel and Oates woman Rick uh, Ricky Lindholm. Yeah, the girl he's like oh yeah i by the way i fuck i see he's washing skunk off of himself oh by the way i found a, a coded message in the eye patterns of Vanna white <laughs> and she's just like and she finally realizes oh this dude i'm fucking is insane it's so good because <laughs> like, like everybody's been in that situation where they've been like oh this person that i formed a connection with is unhinged in a way <laughs> that I cannot miss. Oh, like so you're immediately good. like, like how much information do they have on me? Like, yeah, and like, and how did like how how delusional am I that I yeah. just ignored that? How desperate for human infection am I that I just ignored all of the obvious signs? If um, you're not, if you're not like already to the point where you're just like, well, I was drunk. You know, and you're just like writing off situations where you share your whole life story with people as being like, well, I was having a good time. <laughs> well, no, and I, I do also appreciate the actress doing a very Los Angeles thing where she clearly, bom- I'm, I'm assuming she's not a very good actress, um, but like she bombs an audition dressed in a ridiculous get up and then she immediately goes and fucks the pain away, Peaches style. <laughs> I'll just like go going to going to bang this dude. I'm like, that's also very I'm realizing now is also very Los Angeles where it's just like, <laughs> well, I have to I have to go, I have to go indulge a bad habit because I bombed this audition for meager amount of money. Um which which really uh I know where this is this episode is not on this and especially because like uh, I mentioned I would like to hear an agitator episode on it and so it looks like we might get one. The uh in darker than black, like the fucking how they all have a power but they have to pay a price yeah so like the idea of like like i got to use my acting ability but i but i now i have to go fuck some hobo <laughs> yeah now i have to now, now i have to go fuck this guy and 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 in the someone i'm not in the, in the, in the in someone else's sexy, closet yeah and the least sexy sex scene i've probably seen in a long time where they're literally just watching tv while they're hanging and he's explaining how like yeah he's explaining how like oh like uh, somebody who knows francis cobain signed that (laughs) yeah yeah. i once had the pleasure of seeing him what were you were you like nine (laughs) yes so good uh but yeah there's a lot of this so yeah there's a lot that this movie gets right but and, and this has been true of a lot of stuff that i watched lately where it's like okay there's some interesting things happening here, but there's a better movie somewhere in here. It's just not this movie that I'm watching. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because I tried watching the first episode of The Idol just to see what it was all about. It, it wasn't it wasn't very good. Um, the weekend, not a good actor. I'm sorry, it's just not good. Um, but uh, the uh, yeah, I was watching. I'm like, okay, well, there's some interesting stuff in here, like the fact that the lead actress likes her character likes being choked, but she's a pop star, like a, and a singer, so she likes having the like the somehow having the thing that makes her living damaged is sexually arousing her. Okay, that's interesting. But then they just like never like they they just don't do anything with it. Like just like it's clearly the way it's shot is like oh we just wanted to have a pretty girl choking herself while she jerks off. And I'm like, 
okay, but like, do you see how there's like a really interesting thing you could have done there, but you're just doing this instead. Like, so there's a lot of that in Under the Silver Lake too, where it's just like, okay, cool. Like they're they're at Senespia and Hollywood forever. And they're like, he's watching the, the movies. That, like I didn't really grok the whole like, um, uh, like uh, escort service that like was also like populated by sitcom actresses. Like, like, I was just like, okay, that's an interesting idea, but like, you really just used it to be like, what if sitcom actresses were hookers, man? You know? Yeah. 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 I think it, I think there's a a thread about like how Hollywood uses women in general and that Mm. they more often than not, they would tend to end up on, end up doing something like that than to actually, like there's the promise of the glitz and the fame, but really most people end up more like they do. And mm-hmm. I think that's probably what, what it's trying to hint at. That would be my yeah, guess. But it's, yeah, but it's, I, I don't know, more in my experience, it's less that they end up in, well, yeah, I, I mean, I guess it's a stand-in for any kind of like you know, degrading job or whatever, but like most of the time they end up in like the service industry or they end up in like um, and not, not even just not even just women, just like actors in general, like failed actors in general, they end up in the service industry or they end up in like sales or they end up uh, more recently, they've like, they, they, I've seen them end up like going to like coding dojos and now they get like, like end up being software engineers, which is a much better, uh, much better way to go about stuff than uh, ending up as a bartender. Uh, I speak from experience. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I do think that's like, it was a little played out because I don't like I'm like, mm, I mean, that's fine for because it's a little like ridiculous and it ties in with the the end of the plot. I don't know. I'm trying to explain myself and I'm fucking falling flat. I'm like, I guess I just didn't like it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> well, that's I mean, that's entirely valid. Like that's also one of the amazing things about place, right? Like, <clears throat> like I can watch this movie and I would have no no ground to have any commentary on that. But like that's why it's like really valuable to be able to just like talk to someone who it was filmed like outside their fucking like a few neighborhoods over or the next yeah, neighborhood. Yeah. Like I mean, I mean, I don't like it's it's at the same time though, it's like LA is so fucking big, like that, you know, somebody else's experience who lives like west of the 405 is gonna have a completely, completely like different flavor, but like maybe a similar trajectory, you know? Sure. Like, yeah, sure. and that's which it's kind of interesting, right? Like it's just, you know, it's just it's too big of a fucking place for to put like like a uh too specific of a uh coat of paint on, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But it, but it is, I mean, that's still still what I mean is it's like it's just it's great to have like uh even one of those opinions, <laughs> like where it's from the place. Because like as magicians, we know like how yeah. much place actually matters and like place spirits and and the vibe and the feel and things so like just getting one person's perspective who for instance has had experiences with the city spirit like you know that 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 kind of it doesn't mean that it's like your opinion is the be-all end-all or anything but it means that it's an educated opinion and yeah, it's an well. educated <clears throat> it is it yeah. is it doesn't matter if people disagree with it or if someone else has a different one they're all correct right but uh, yeah yeah for, which is kind of funny because it's kind of what the movie's about too because it's just like it's very like like i said it's like very clearly that the world is like painted with his brush in a lot of ways yeah. right yeah um but, well, it's, uh, it's almost I, I think it's almost like uh like we were talking about it 
he's like living on the hand or something yeah. or yeah. is like inside the ufo like, yeah <laughs> right it, that, that's like that that is also inside the city or whatever right yeah it's like yeah it's it, it's it's puppeting him up to the butt like and, and yeah like i mean it's very in a, like a very very visceral way where like even the idea that like, he's like i'm the special person that these messages are for I, I love that like little shift in the tone where he's like he's like uh th- interested in subliminal messages and then he like starts to to like think that they're for special people and then for him specifically like yeah. i love yeah, that yeah. little progression there like it's so good um it's a really like short funnel <laughs> yeah it really is it's just like yeah, it's just like it's like oh wow these things are happening oh these things seem to happen to special people oh i'm a special person it's just like it's very slippery slope <laughs> and i'm the only one who dry. gets it yeah and i'm the only one who gets it and i'm christ i'm christ um uh, i am him I am him. Uh, I am him. Uh, Capital H. <laughs> yeah, I am him. And I, uh, they, the, the, please pause for the Heineken silver ad. Um, also a capital H. <laughs> also capital H. I, I, T- T- um, time to go fuck the parrot lady. It's, uh... Time to go fuck the parrot lady. Yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> time, yeah, time to go fuck the parrot lady. I did um, like the whole, um, the whole undertones of creepiness and then this like, owl goddess thing because i felt like it was yeah. some kind of like i don't know i don't know what it actually was but the only thing it made me think of was like bohemian grove yeah there because there's nothing in like la lore that i'm from like uh, that I'm, I'm familiar with that that is anything like that too right because i'm just like is this because that when i was watching that i was thinking i'm like is this a thing that i just don't know about or is this just like something that he's put yeah yeah but but again that's kind of like i was like my like my main criticism of the movie is that like cool idea but then it just kind of like goes nowhere you know like mm-hmm. do something with that like weave that in a little bit um yeah yeah but uh, i think yeah. uh i think the i think there is actually an owl in the dollar bill i think it was originally put there by the designer for authenticity or something it's it is there is an actual that is an actual thing i believe um to me, like the the whole out lady ties in with the hobo king, and that that's the actual power structure. Whatever is going on with that the owl lady and and the hobo king, that's that's where the actual power is, and it's just sort of ciphering off of these fucking rich people. And this is and this is like, the, this is like the soapbox take that you can come to count on, listeners. Is like. <laughs> Like any, you throw fucking anything at us, and we will make sense of it metaphysically within its own rule <laughs> structure. Like, <laughs> so, like, yes, like the owl and the hobo king were the actual source of power. Sorry, I. That's just that is so par for the course. We we've taken a big break, and like, but it's it's good to be back, and it's good to hear that we're still on point. <laughs> <laughs> In the background, well, he he the 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 comic artist who somehow knows everything. That guy actually does know everything somehow. My favorite thing is he points to this other thing that I really wish there was more on. Where it was like it could be the cult of the whale, and he taps this issue, and I'm like, "What's the cult of the whale?" (laughs) I didn't even pick up on that. That's amazing. uh i i just wish there were a way to like i wish there were like a a good way to 
cram ideas into a film and the and the well, maybe cram's not they uh, uh fit spacious ideas comfortably into a film the way that like say like a china mieville does with his novels where it's just like as i love the way he like he'll have like a couple paragraphs just like describing like a paragraph or two just describing like the scene around what's going on and just those paragraphs will have like a novel's worth of narrative in them just like just based on the little things and i like like the like, little cult of the whale thing i'm just like oh man i wish there were a way you could just extrapolate that so it would like <laughs> it, even if it doesn't fit the, the the plot or the character development or anything but just at least like like at least some good texture to it you know <laughs> good crispy fucking texture I know there's probably somewhere because there's definitely like text written on that drawing, you know, like there's like a little comic text box that that's I'm like, that's the secret. It's really that's the real. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's that's that's, that's got to be it. I mean, and, and, and there's also like we, we should say that like there's a bunch of like uh, and it's kind of well documented. There's like a bunch of like secret cipher stuff in the film. And like yeah, like throughout. code stuff, which I am way too lazy and way too bad at cryptography to do. So like, but uh, it's cool that he did it. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you can just go on YouTube and there's people true. That, yeah, yeah, you could just yeah, yeah watch a YouTube explainer. That is true. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, Alaskan, Wait, did you, did you... Alaskan whale cult and its affinities. What? This, this paper is devoted to the ritual aspects of the whale hunt in the northern Pacific and Bering Sea areas in the American Arctic. The area covers <clears throat> uh, the area covered extends from Bering Strait down through the northeast Siberia and the Nuka, Maka, and Kuleute. Uh, hmm. Fuck, I can't pronounce any of this. Which were the most southerly whale hunting tribes of the northern Pacific coast, and finally from Alaska across the Arctic coast and islands to Greenland. Although some elements, the material aspect of whaling, will inevitably enter the discussion, the primary problem here is to establish the boundaries of the whale hunting cult, its elements and their regional diversity, and a few general conclusions discussed by these data. The whale cult of the entire area is so complex that some kind of tabular summary must be used to avoid taking up too much space, yet is often exceedingly difficult to list, group, and equate cultural elements. Hence, many of the traits or small complexes of traits necessity. Uh, so basically, there's like uh, an indigenous whale hunting, whale hunting cult. It says they... Um, Uh, inclusive to dancing, singing, feasting, solemn rituals, uh, following bringing in of the whale. Yeah, to honor the whale. There's, there's like they did magic to go before the hunt and then after the hunt, like pretty standard animus stuff, really. But mm -hmm. uh, it sounds like the whale cult is a real thing. <laughs> so at least it's a real reference. Good. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I'd like to look into like, if there's some reason why it should be thought of as more than just some uh, indigenous practice. And well, there's well, just make there's sure also, you pay your rent <laughs> if you're going to do that. The, yeah. There's also... Uh, no, there's always yeah, one I, more I, day. I'm, I'm suddenly thinking about a formal halt. Formal how do you say yeah, 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 formal halt, yeah. Formal halt, which is also, it's a stellar whale. Mm -hmm. um, 
which I doubt I had never heard of until astrology. So um, I really which... wonder, I don't know that this guy would know anything about that, but could be interesting if it just bubbled up subconsciously. Because sometimes so usually associated with the Archangel Gabriel. So maybe it's just an angel call. That's what I was going to ask is mm-hmm. which uh, Archangel Fomahalt was, because mm-hmm. I know it's one of the four. Yeah. Well, because some people, because people, people like with regulars, people debate if it's some people say Michael, some people say Raphael. It's been Raphael for me, for 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 from what I can tell. But yeah, I think Fomalhaut is pretty pretty much like, uh, pretty much people agree that it was Gabriel or the entity thereof. Um, I haven't I haven't actually experimented with the uh the like those those four stars that are supposed mm-hmm. to be. Because I, I know the like archangels were ascribed to them later. Like it was like a slap them on this thing. Um yeah. is, is, is it yeah, because I, I actually I actually don't know the hmm, I don't know the uh actually like the historiography of that, like um whether whether or not like what came before the egg. But um I mean it, it would have to make sense that the that that the that the because there's one of the archangels kind of then they kind of show up around like the Babylonian captivity and then they kind of like syncretize them a little bit with the Babylonian gods, right? I think originally the uh the four stars of the directions were like uh the four royal stars. I think they were they were like Babylonian or Egyptian or something like that. Yeah. Like it was before and then and then it's like archangels come along and they're like, well, obviously we're gonna like as- ascribe these. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. I, I, for some reason, I got that. Even though it's very obvious, I got it mixed up. But yeah, I definitely have had like playing around with with Aldebaran. Like uh, Michael and Aldebaran are definitely kind of like meshed together. I mean, I also have. I'm surrounded by sphere and sundry materia uh, because I don't know how to save money. But um, <laughs> the uh, yeah, I, I do have some of the Fomal hot stuff. Yeah, that shit. That's just yeah. Fomal hot is like hella interesting because it's like. Yeah, it's like the the um the creative potential in the pressures created by like the vast like like giant things of water on you, but then also like its opposite. It's like uh uh the like weightless weightlessness engendered by like being in like spaciousness itself. Like it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Um oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Like when I remember when I first started water, you're still like, even when you're crushed by water, you're still floating in the sea. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I remember when I first started working with it, I like, um, I, uh, the next day I walked out and there's somebody had just thrown a bunch of crayfish into my front yard. So just look, and I have like a, like a, like a, a dirt front yard, like most people in LA. So it just looked like the ocean floor. And then my neighbor walked out and went, oh my God, it looks like the ocean floor out here. And I'm like, okay, fine. Hi. Hello, Fomalot. <laughs> hello, hello, Fomalot. Um, yeah. Ancient per- it looks like the royal stars were originally ancient Persia. Persia. Okay, cool. At least we're only off by a couple thousand years. <laughs> <laughs> the website I'm looking at, at least. <laughs> <laughs> magic.biz is the uh... <laughs> oddly enough it's my own website <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's like it's just like a new a numenauts that you're just citing a numenauts blog post. i'm like oh fuck i own i wrote this fuck i don't know if this is right i don't know if this is right and, and for just 197.77 a month you too can have access to the <laughs> numenauts blog <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> does dot biz exist though? Does it? No, but we know. should. No, but like, dude, Numenot should be dot biz. Like, oh, if, even if it costs extra, it's probably cheaper. Because like, who wants a dot biz? <laughs> we, we, we actually, who I think a- Kurt already owns the dot com, like Numenots.com. So. What we'll do is we'll buy the dot biz and have the dot com revert to the dot biz. <laughs> <laughs> it just redirects. Oh, God. <laughs> if this is what's proper. <laughs> yeah, I got that. I got formal formal hot uh two. And the sense I got was that it is really about like diving deep into the subconscious. I think it's, it would make it's a good journey oil was the sense mm. I was getting from it a little bit. Um, but I haven't played with it enough. I, I, yeah. I haven't played I, with it enough either. Gabriel is a big part of the uh, uh, sleep and dream talismans I've been working on. Like I, I've, oh, word. I have a, like, Quite a few different um Shemhem Fresh Angels um that are supposed to be helpful for things like um dream stuff and uh visions and prophecies and things. And then like finding them at the right day and hour and using chalk to draw the sigil, but then like drawing the seal over and over again while chanting the psalm. And then scraping all of that chalk and using the chalk in the amulet. And then mm. with like, uh, what else do I have in there? Um, Valerian root and. Um, and throw some mugwort and some blue lotus mug- and shit in there. Mugwort. Um, not blue lotus because it's for it's more for like dreaming and sleep. So there's there's like I've crushed I like blessed a bunch of stones that I crushed as well, like crystals and things. Uh, oh, so okay. Um, there's stuff in there like um, uh, jasper, uh, red jasper for dream recall, and uh, like I'm putting cabacons of um, uh, levigorite in the back. Um, and I'm like, the, the, the goal is to kind of like weave the angels together, like, and I'm using the, uh, um, Orphic Hymn to the Oniri. Oh, okay. So, so, so you're kind of like using like the tie, um, with the, whatever the fuck the, the, the thread modality metaphor that they use to kind of like tie the aneroid to the. To like the Shem angels associated with dreaming, basically. It's it's kind of like anyone who wants to help and earn merit, like, and works with this stuff show up. But it, it all is basically with Gabriel as boss. Oh, um, okay, cool. Like it kind of started with him and with his powder, like chalk powders for him. Um, and then working in the Shem angels and then using the Oniri, uh, Onirboy. Um, mm. is it for like sleep and is it just for increasing like the, the beneficiality of sleep and dreams in general or is it for like being it is like a, nah. to be able to fall into a deep sleep and recall the dreams and have like worthwhile like 
practical work happen in dreams so that you're you're actually making progress um, oh yeah i definitely like that um because i'm i'm in the process of like compiling some protocols for protracted like ancestral dream work just because i feel the need to and so mm -hmm. like i kind of want to um because have you heard of like celine capensis the uh african dreamer i think we lost kurt shit we lost kurt if we yell for him kurt yeah, oh, you can back. hear us oh come back um yeah that's um yeah i, I might i might chop this up or something whatever yeah. but okay yeah, but like, yeah, African, African looking into like getting like a tincture of African dream root and just like kind of going to town, seeing what happens. See, that's that's kind of I I have like several very crazy sounding when spoken aloud theories on why I have such a difficult time dreaming here in Denmark. Okay. Uh, it was worse in Germany when we lived there for uh, six months but it was a different kind of worse like here it i actually my experience when i wake up i have had my spirit team show me that there is some kind of technological uh field or signal something that is man-made that is being broadcast that is preventing certain types of dream experiences, like certain mm. depth and certain uh, immersion. And this idea of like, uh, like so the idea of uh, the gunas, right? Like there's- um, in, in, in Hinduism, yeah. Yeah, like, like uh, the heavens are made of like sattva. Oh, Kurt's back. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, so like the so like the heavens uh and the deities, they're all sattvic, like they're all made of this higher stuff, and then and then there's the tamasic, which is the the material, uh tangible manifest shit. Mm -hmm. and like the the asuras are the demon the demon like creatures, like they're they're all focused on the tamasic. Um and mm. the deities are all focused on the sattvic but then where the human realm is is the uh is the raja mm. so it's like we have the ability to to transform one into the other or vice versa oh okay interesting um and i think like like uh i'm reading uh, agora 2 right now um uh, the the svoboda text yeah 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 okay and and it's Vimalananda talks about the like the whole reason for sleep being that you get overloaded with tamas. Like you get oh, overloaded. Yeah. And so you have to like sink back into dream world and like re-up on sattva. And, uh, and it, it makes like because I'll have times where I'll lay down for a nap and I don't actually sleep. I go into this in-between state where I think nothing, like my mind shuts off. I basically go into samadhi and I recharge. And I can feel my awareness like coming back and I can like feel the room around me even though I'm not awake. And then I just kind of like get up and I'm fucking better. Like I feel like I slept for two hours, but it's been 20 minutes. And that's- I kind of, it's weird you said that. I kind of had that today because I can I, I work overnight. So like kind of, I kind of had that today, right? Because I only slept for like probably like an hour and a half maybe. And like, I woke up and I'm like, I'm, I, I'm not great, but I could go about the day. Yeah. 
weirdly enough because like like, a marked, I, like a marked diff a marked difference in like how easy it is to connect with the world around like to just kind yeah. of feel like you have your bearings yeah in general like it's just you feel like a little bit more grounded and and like uh oriented in reality or something well so it's a tie back into the amulet work so you're trying to find ways to increase or make that experience more um uh consistent and tangible i guess um more easily accessible and more consistent yeah. in in spite of the fact that there are things potentially directly acting against that like like even if you account for like emf stuff like yeah just electromagnetic frequencies preventing the proper depth of rest but hopefully with the angels involved and like i'm gonna experiment with it for a while like i'm gonna make sure it fucking works before i try to like sell them on it on my fucking etsy or whatever but like yeah um to where it actually has like a progressive effect so that the more you sleep with it under your pillow or next to your bed um you develop this like ongoing thing because like my experience with angels is if you keep asking them for help like they keep there's like an ongoing thing that happens it's not a, an immediate graduate or an immediate like drastic thing but like angelic help comes consistently and like affects things slowly through time in a very dramatic and profound way but it's not like immediate and and right away yeah so you're not having a metatron dream where you can feel your synapses frying <laughs> yeah yes. right right yeah. it's the, yeah. the shemis and gabriel so it's a lot of like like we're gonna like hopefully help you through some dream stuff and um through like essentially i've been using the 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 orphicam as like so who's to say that the <laughs> if, like there are translations of that orphicam which just direct address them as the angels of dreams interesting so i've been kind of going that route mm. and it's just sort of like i'm addressing benefic spirits that are sort of like woven into the universe not not like rogues of their own accord who have their own agendas right like mm. more higher uh vibrational and just like anyone willing to help because these are fucked up times yeah uh, word yeah i i i felt with that like I, so one of the one of my tapping into one of my somewhat minor or major frustrations as somebody who does angel work is that like i really haven't gotten the shem to like pop for me i guess is the best way to put it like like i i can sometimes like i i can feel them show up when i've done like your your sort of like um traditional like like angelic conjuration business particularly when you're outside um it really it really does help but like i hear you and like marissa in particular on, on our discord talk about um uh like doing these very off piece off the cuff like um uh like angelic calls and just having them like show up and hang out like do you feel like you have to like rewire it and go the conjuration first before you get to the point where you can be like hey i'm gonna call you or, or like it's what it seems like particularly marissa's work is leading to where she's just like no i just like kind of call them and they show up like well, is that i think yeah um, i don't know i don't know what I'm trying to ask for me it, Am I making no, it harder I, than it has to be? I guess. I think I know. It, I think I do get what you're saying. Like because yeah. 
uh, there are times where I know that my head is in the right space and I, I can just call them and they'll show. Like they'll, they'll just come because my heart is open enough. But there are also like I, you know, I'm not going to make any secret about the fact that I struggle with things like um, like depression and like being like caught up in my own shit sometimes. And on those times, I think that they show up because I went through the effort of like, like I have a wax disc that's like this big that I made and put the, you know, the um, heptameron seal in oh, like in the right day and time. And that's just always on the altar. So like that, that sheriff's badge is always there. Like I put in the work and here's the proof. Mm. Um, but then I also have like, like I made my angel oil, which you have some of and yeah. it works. It and does. I have- I, like I definitely, definitely can feel it around, but it's just like, I, I, I feel like I'm like, I mean, there's either something I'm not doing or there's something that I'm making more difficult for myself. Just in general. Well, you know what so, I mean? uh, so for shim, shim boys, like I, I know they, they kind of show up whatever you do. Like if your heart's open and you're, you're, you really want them to show up and there's no like weird feelings that you have, like if your, your intention doesn't have any weird energetic impediments like doubt or uh, guilt or any of those things blocking it, then, then there's like a much more likely chance they just kind of like show up. But um, I... I know for me, there's there's uh, there's a difference between uh, kind of relying on the tools that I've made or relying on the consistency of my heart, and those things are are kind of wibbly wobbly. What I like to do with the shims is look at the uh, Ambalane's Practical Kabbalah book because it has mm. it has a different sort of schedule where each day is a different one instead of there being like one for several days at a time throughout the year oh okay yeah like like, that like like every single day is a different angel and every single time it's only 20 minute window Mm. and every day it's 20 minutes later so it's just stepping down every single day and so every year you get four chances for every single one of seven uh, of them or three chances Mm. right i think i don't do math but i think (laughs) no i think you're right Uh, you you, you get a couple yeah, you get yeah. a couple rather than just the one. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can kind of go through and like plot that plot it out easier. And if like one is at too late of a time that time, maybe next time it cycles through, they'll be at like an earlier part of the day. Um, and I try to hit them at t- that time. They'll show up for like personal work whenever. But if I'm doing it to like make a powder for an amulet, like I'm going to hit the right exact 20 minutes. Um, yeah. And beforehand, like, like I have bottles of my angel oil at like my, my, one, my main altar is uh, it's like an old school desk. So it has an, a compartment underneath. So I just have those bottles of angel oil, like placed in all the corners. So all I have to do is say the activation prayer for that. And the whole altar lights up. Cause I ask oh, them okay. to kind of con- connect everything. Like it, angels are like the original Hebrew word for angel is messenger. So if you ask them, to kind of be a uh like you can use that oil to kind of make it become like a medium for the whole altar to make it one like amulet basically and okay. arrange things in a certain way and ask them to kind of like because the 
Sorry, go, go ahead, Kurt. I, I got to pee really bad, so I'm going to listen while you talk. Well, no, I mean, it, it's kind of riffing on what you're saying. Like, if you already have connection, like, this is actually a, a way you could go about it, is if you have, because you were already mentioning Michael and, and Raphael. If you have a connection with one of them, Michael especially, mm. you could ask Michael to bring in the shim that you're wanting to connect with. Okay, that so you could, can use them as, like, psycho pop kind of thing yeah yeah you could go about it that way my experience was i i just sort of um i had the seal uh incense a candle um a card from that deck that was we originally that was bought for the angel course for rune soup and i oh the uh, angel tarot yeah i have that yeah 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 i i would just i would use that card as this as a centerpiece and then i would i had made uh I made a, a version of the seal and incense candle. I had a crystal and I set it on top of a family Bible that I had nice. I that as, my, as my table. And I've, that worked pretty well. Okay. And um, I, I think, yeah, as long as you, and I forget what the conjuration is, but it was the same one that was actually used for that Michael working that, that we did in rune soup, but it's just that you switch out, uh, little details and then you have to say the 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 psalm for each one and okay. that that was at the end like i would so, say the so, psalm so 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 you did you did do the the, the psalm repetition yeah yeah okay so 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 it, so it sounds like you did the full kitten caboodle yeah, it, yeah. but it, it's i did but it it re, it wasn't that it wasn't that heavy of a setup it wasn't like it wasn't a lot okay it was it was pretty easy to like throw together in like inside of like a half hour if you wanted to. Oh, um, okay. I and the thing that uh, the, the, the thing that was like the most labor intensive was like, I, I hand wrote out the, um, the interior of the seals, but if like the absolute, like, and this is just a tip for, for anybody you can just print out a, a seal that's already been made and then just trace over it in your own ink. Mm -hmm. And then that way you don't have to like worry about getting everything exactly right. You, the pattern's there, but then you've actually done the work on top of it. So it's, it's a little more involved. There's a little more story in the thing that you made. Yeah. Um, I, I did that for the, the Archangel stuff that we did for the scrying. Oh yeah. 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 That worked a treat. Yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I, 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 again, like, I feel like there are good, like, I feel like there are. I, I've definitely like just called in, like, I just Michael Sandler did sometimes, where I'm just like, uh, or just like call in like the angels of peace, love, joy, abundance, success, and freedom, and that seems to like, especially with the especially with Rev's angel oil, that seems to get them to gather around. But in terms of like actually like really, I can I definitely feel them like hanging out i can definitely feel them and I, like sometimes i'll be at work and i'll have somebody show up on mushrooms because los angeles and uh they'll be like oh yeah i sense that there's angels around you like or they'll ask me or they'll ask me like a very instagrammy kind of way like do you like do meditation or take mushrooms because there's like a lot of like good spirits around you and i'm like <laughs> cool yeah because i called in fucking angels and i'm wearing a pranayama <laughs> 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 while i'm at work so you're goddamn right there are spirits around uh, not for the reasons that you're thinking um but uh yeah so like i definitely like get confirmations that they're like around but like in terms of like a protracted like conversation like that shit is a lot 
more difficult for me to accomplish aside from like the automatic writing stuff I do with Metatron every once in a while, because, but I already have like that real, like solid seeing flaming Hebrew letters on the wall con- like yeah. connection with him, you that know? So like, it's a yeah. little different. Yeah. Uh, I would, I, I would say be open to like, have like a notebook and a pen handy because I feel like that, that was, that was always part of the process was that it would go, it would turn into a little bit of that automatic writing. So it would, it would kind of flip back and forth between like journey mode, automatic writing journey. And the durations they were around were not, none of them, none of them hung around for like an hour or anything. It was usually like short chunks of time, like 10, 15, 20 minutes. Um, mm. And there'd be like a, there'd be kind of like an afterglow where I waited for like the incense to completely burn down and everything. But the actual presence is, it's not unlike the calls we did where they would, it was like the really intense part was like eight minutes yeah, or something. Yeah. Um, that's, that's why I like Ambulane's uh, practical Kabbalah, like 20 minutes. And, and like the first five you're doing like either a preparatory prayer or you can like if you've already done your prep prayer you can just go right into chanting because i love i love repetitive prayer these days right like i like mantra i like kata so like uh you just find that little psalm that conjures that one and you just fucking repeat it for 20 minutes while you draw the sigil on itself over and over again and like at the end of it you can stop and they'll still be there for a while. Like, like you just conjured them in their right time, but now you literally have like that powder is their body. In the oh, world. yeah. Like you created like that image of them is their, their form. And if you create that form with physical matter, then you've created the body for them. And you can tell them that that's their body now. And then scrape that powder up and like have that to connect to them whenever you want, if you made it in the right time. Um, but I also wanted to suggest you got one. You got one of the angel oils with the roll top bottle. Yeah. So like, consider if you if you want to talk to some shim, like consider drawing their sigil with the oil. Oh um, yeah, uh, uh, that's interesting. And then like you could even burn incense as an offering. Put the ash on it so that it like makes it like stand out, like on the oil. Like have the ash dissolve into the oil on the paper in that sigil. Mm. And like you've got a very strong connection there. Like say say the the activation prayer, and then say the um uh the the song, song. song for them. And like yeah, I think that would probably work pretty well. Okay, word. Yeah, all right, cool. So I I really like the um the image. Yeah, uh, the image is their form. Like that really like unlocks something in my brain. I'm really glad you fucking put it that way because. I hadn't thought about like having like a place to house like a place to house them while they're here for a second, you know, like that's fucking rad. I really, really like that. Cause it's just like applying that sort of like talismanic insulting logic to like, even just like a basic fucking sigil seal conjuration. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Like, and if you hit that at the right time, it's powerful. Um, mm. and, what what I don't it wasn't my idea, but like I don't know what spirit fucking whispered it in my ear, but someone kind of pointed out to me like 
you're not just drawing their sigil when you're making a pile of chalk powder because you're like scratching it in over and over again on this chalkboard. Mm-hmm. It, it's like you're making a physical body. So like if you tell them like I am creating a body for you, I invite you to reside in this and to earn merits from anyone whom you help through this body because the intent is to put that in an amulet at some point and whoever gets that amulet is going to know to offer merit to it right so it's like you can there's this like you're offering there's a carrot at the end of the stick you know in that sense mm. okay cool oh, oh, oh. yeah there's a it's good there's a lot there's a lot of places i could go with that as yeah i uh yeah that's cool i just have just it's weird because i like i've 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 worked with the big guys, but I haven't really worked with like, like the, uh, and I don't want to call them the little guys, but like just the more granular ones, you know? Yeah. It's, it's an interesting thing. It's, I find that even Michael feels different when conjured as a, as a sham. Interesting. Okay. That's definitely, definitely. And, and da- Danielle, Danielle is a watcher. Oh, word. Danielle okay. Like, is listed as a watcher in, in, um, uh enoch so like yeah but like weren't, weren't we weren't we talking about like how your i think it was specifically your wife was like it would have problems with the translation of watcher as angel with like because they're technically like the shit like the sons of god and that's technically not an angel or whatever because like yeah. i was like can, can we use the angel oil to summon watchers can we do this we <laughs> does can. this make this easier we can if the watcher is textually uh traceable as also a shem ah right in so, this case daniel yeah yeah so like i wouldn't i wouldn't expect the angel oil to work for uh shem yaza or yeah or, or, or penway or something yeah yeah no i don't think so but uh maybe azazel because like but i like uh, that that works because there are some texts that refer to Azazel as an angel, but like, yeah, again, again, this gets into like where mythopoesis and metaphysics meet and just how, just how synchronous they actually are. And mm-hmm. and that it, no one can actually inform us on that, but ourselves. Yeah. It can really only be confirmed by our own experience, confirmed yeah. or dismissed by our own experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I don't know where. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe, so maybe there's a maybe there are uh, angels in 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 uh, Nintendo Power magazines, and we don't we're missing out. And or maybe yeah, like yeah, the, the Nintendo Power magazine is their body. <laughs> I think yeah, because like I, I, I'm not gonna lie, at a certain point, I was like, are they doing fucking magic squares on a fucking Nintendo Power magazine? Is this, is this <laughs> like a that's like a fucking Agrippa style Kamea on this shit right now? <laughs> I was uh, like, is this is this a is this like a, a an MK Ultra activation for anyone who got programmed in the eighties? <laughs> it's just all and yeah, Nintendo Power. Yeah, because uh, all of a sudden, like I'm like, oh, I'm gonna dig out some old issues. I'm gonna find some shit. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the old Nick Swartzen bit where he's just like, uh, he's like, yeah, you know, video games don't cause violence. Like, I mean, if if video games cause kids to do anything, then Pac Man would cause us all to. You know, hang out in uh, dark rooms listening to repetitive music, eating pills. Oh, wait, shit. (laughs) (laughs) 
or Metroid would cause us all to like quarantine ourselves off from diseases that are fictional. <laughs> and, and and put out put on a giant suit <laughs> with with a yeah. See, at least I I wish we would have at least gotten like like a like a like a government mandated you know uh, a zero suit with a blaster on it. That would have been cool. <laughs> Like, that, that, I think it couldn't at least gotten like cool cyberpunk it had to be like the most boring fucking cyberpunk possible they're, they're like they're like, they're like here's your uh here's your uh like uh ebi yeah yeah here, here, here here's your ubi here's your ubi and also UBI, like yeah. in order to get in order to get your cool samus suit with the blaster you have to watch you know uh 20 hours of um celebrities making uh videos during covid lockdown I, to... I, I was suggesting that that the uh the ubi is the is the metaphorical samus suit and the the blaster <laughs> but i actually like yours a lot better and i hope that's <laughs> true <laughs> no 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 it's a, no it's literal you just have to watch uh you just have to watch Kristen bell sing imagine to you uh and in, in in like a <laughs> In a way where she like feels like she's looking down her nose at you uh, <laughs> the entire time. Uh, you have God. to like Rings of Power. Yeah, yeah, yeah you have to like Rings of Power. Now, I, there's a, a noise <laughs> musician named, uh, well, experimental musician named Lingua Ignota that I like, where she's like, uh, what, as soon as that Imagine video came out during COVID, she's like, noise cover, calling it. And she did a harsh noise cover of that, where it's just like a couple lines of it and then just noise for fucking six minutes. I'm like, yes, it's exactly, that is exactly the answer that I wanted to that. <laughs> that's exactly how we all felt listening to it. It was just. Um, I think that's how I felt from 2020 to 2023. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Just, just a prolonged harsh noise wall. Yeah, pretty much. It was just like the dirtiest, <laughs> most like abusive things I could have done to my synthesizer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like I, that was that was one of the things I always loved to do as a as a like a kid in high school. I still do it now. What the fuck am I talking about? But in high school, I used to like go to a guitar center and find like a Korg synth and just like crank the cutoff all the way up, and so that way I went and and the volume all the way up. So when someone would touch it, I'd be like, "Oh, look, a synthesizer! I'm gonna play." <laughs> they would just like <laughs> bludgeon them with noise. Because I'm Trent, a terrible person. Like Trent Reznor. <laughs> well, I mean, Trent, Trent I mean, you might be doing a, a service. You, you gotta, you gotta drown out all the slap basses that are playing. Yeah, yeah, and all the, all the stairway <laughs> to heavens. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think that fucking ovation, that fucking ovation you're playing is making my fucking fillings rattle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I feel like uh, I feel like uh, uh, six string basses only exist in music shops, and no one actually plays them anywhere ever, anywhere else ever. And it's played by a guy with a uh, you know he has a Meshuga hat, a Meshuga flat brim snapback that's worn like cocked back into the left, and he's just like yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, I grew up in the Midwest. I get it. Fine, like whatever. The only people that listen to Gent. Or you know, people who in the who live in the fucking midwestern suburbs, but yeah, and me, like, I, I like, I like, I like gin, I like some of it, I like Meshuggah. Yeah, they like, they yeah, like yeah slap. no, 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 Meshuggah slaps, dude. I fucking love Meshuggah. They have to like <laughs> spill a little monster energy drink on their palm to like make sure they grip the base right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, These... 
I feel like these dudes were, were probably the, the guys that were local to the one in Atlanta were probably from some uh, gospel choir or something. That's 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 <laughs> Some, yeah, they're, some they're, like, they're, they're singing uh, singing gospel tunes on Sunday, but on on uh, on Saturday they're they're fucking ripping uh, Meshuggah licks at the, the, the guitar center. Now I, I like the like idea. Of, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Or yeah. Just like a yeah. Um, fuck. Uh, Jaco Pistorius. You know. Yeah. <laughs> it's a six string bass tent revival. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a it's less only, more, okay no. A, a less Claypool tent revival. I'm here for that. I was going to make a joke about it, but I'm like, no, I, that's a tent revival I would go to. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, baby, you want to go down with the Lord? They say, baby, can the Lord, the Lord. <laughs> uh, <laughs> terrible Tom Waits impression. All right. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I like the idea that, you know, in order to, play the tool riff correctly they have to like take their amulet full of Mater james like with one of Mater james keenan's hairs and pour monster energy into their palms and anoint uh yeah yeah an eyelash well they do the kata i know the p says fit i know the p says fit. <laughs> I love that you still can't tell if that band is is just joking or serious about what they. <laughs> yeah, I, they, I like they actively hate. I feel like they actively hate their fan base, like in the same way that I mean, like, but like Death Grips made like an art form out of it. Like they feel like Tool is just like, oh, really? You guys like this? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's 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 kind of like like uh, I'm gonna vibrate from this like. 5d level but damn it. <laughs> but i'm gonna but i'm yeah it, it's you weird. just had to flip a 5d yeah <laughs> you need to vibrate higher so you can transport whatever the fucking <clears throat> quote is but yeah look if danny uh, jones hadn't melted down all those fucking zildjian symbols to make his drum set he would have been wearing all <laughs> white and doing light work <laughs> 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 well that's that's what it was is that he got he got the high vibe five-dimensional uh a beam into his consciousness and he was like you have a choice you can either dress all in white and play crystal singing bowls or you can melt down 500, <laughs> 500 brass symbols <laughs> choose your path wisely yeah, and still keep your job <laughs> And then Neil Pert appeared to him in a dream. <laughs> just, just smelt the symbols. Just, he's just, he's just ripping a big line of dream cocaine, just like you know. And in the limelight, just melt the symbols, man. Just do it. Don't be a pussy. Melt the symbols. Do you know what it takes to smuggle this fucking? <laughs> Fucking Tamas into the sattva. <laughs> <laughs> Big old snot rocket. Yeah, just it's just the fucking yeah yeah no the act the, the making the symbol drums was 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 the the the, the Tamasic into the sattvic. <laughs> the actual act itself, yeah. <clears throat> oh. 
This is yeah, fun, guys. It's good to good to chop it up as you you y'all. I I haven't we haven't done this in a long fucking time. Like not even just for the podcast, but just like in general. I know. I I think we need to do more like just like schedule a time and hop into the chat. Uh, the yeah, it's the, like, been a while. It's yeah, it's been well. Like Tim Tim started training to be a trucker, and and Kurt Kurt's mom was really selfish and hit a gator. Uh, so uh, sorry, I'm not laughing, but I just like I was listening to that. You you tell that story on Agitator, and it just got weirder and weirder. Like as you listen to it, I was just like, "Holy shit!" It's the most fucking Georgia thing I've ever heard. I'm glad she's okay, but goddamn, it's it's really weird. Like it it makes me like it's one of those things where I'm just like, "Oh, I just want to know why," because I believe that everything has like real reasons. Like somewhere along the line, something caused this. You know, and I, I want to know what the fuck it might have been five lifetimes ago, but like I want to know what the fuck it was because it's so weird. It's so specific. Yeah. Yeah, it's very symbolically loaded. And uh I didn't even think about the whole like crocodile Egyptian god or whatever. Or do we bring that up? I don't remember if we did or not. Oh god, you, you brought Sobek into this? <laughs> like the crocodile no, god Sobek. But I I I was I just thought about that. That's oh word okay no that's kind of right it's kind of interesting because I had the same thought and then you said it out loud and I'm like oh cool telepathy great <laughs> is that the one that eats you if your heart it's the one that it no no that's um uh fucking that's app I think right uh. maybe maybe not I think app is either like they're they're like world devouring serpent or it's no, Apophis is the one that eats you, I think. Mm. Right? Fuck. I don't know. They 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 made similar similar syllables. They may may maybe like kind of similar things. But um, now the Sobek is the one that you sacrifice children to, I believe. Oh, the one shit. That, okay. yeah, that it, yeah, it was. I, I again that with the, with the with the silo full of salt because that does also sound like something that a Western academic would be like. They they threw babies to crocodiles <laughs> we are superior um yeah but uh yeah we throw adults to crocodiles we throw we throw adults to crocodiles on fear factor uh, <laughs> joe rogan at his best <laughs> at his best just just making money making fucking weird faces while people eat calf testicles that's why it's a, that's what he got paid to do just a bowl full of scorpions and me yeah when, when he says i'm not a smart guy that's what he means <laughs> <laughs> this is mean he's a cage company he's like i got paid to fucking like look grossed out while other people ate madagascar his and cockroaches see that's where i differ i think that makes you a smart guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you, you built a better mousetrap indeed you fucking got paid to stand on that end <laughs> true <laughs> i'm not i'm not competing for a meager amount of money for by eating live insects i think i win like, like fucking joe schmo bought a gallon of, an extra gallon of milk that week for eating scorpions <laughs> <laughs> like joe rogan had a job <laughs> <laughs> nay a career <laughs> a career <laughs> a career like, a career of talking publicly from 
but being like, oh, gross, you're eating fucking cow butthole. Oh, man. <laughs> they, stopped, they stopped paying me for, for drinking beer with fucking the other guy from 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 the sex call-in show. So I'm just going to do this now. Why not? <laughs> you're talking about Love Line with Dr. Yeah. Drew? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Well, Adam Carolla, right? Doctor Drew and Adam Carolla, and then he did Man Show with Adam Carolla. No, 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 no he, he did Jimmy actually, Kimmel. He actually, yeah, no, Adam Carolla. It was Jimmy Kimmel, but then Joe Rogan and uh, Doug oh, Stanhope over. They took over after. Oh, so it, I didn't was, know that. It didn't work. No, it didn't. yeah, Doug Stan. Nothing with Dan. Doug Stanhope ever worked. He's too angry. <laughs> I was gonna say he's too angry and too much of an anarchist to fucking yeah. like. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. It, he doesn't fit with any vibe because he's like he's like innately contrasting the vibe. Yeah, he's like, no, nah, this sucks. Let's do something else, and they do something else. This sucks too. Yeah. <laughs> you got to trick him. Yeah, yeah, trick him. Oh shit! I enjoyed that. Ah, <laughs> you're gonna make it look like it's about one thing when you know it's about the thing he's gonna revert to. <laughs> And that's too much work. And that's why we haven't heard from him in a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard a more concise description about why we haven't heard about Doug's hope <laughs> in a while. That wasn't what I was expecting to hear when we got on the podcast. That's, that's what that's what I feel like I have a better understanding for. of why Doug Stanhope isn't working as much anymore. We can help you with your nuanced metaphysics and your nuanced uh 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 hollywood breakdowns <laughs> hollywood breakdowns <laughs> now, now, now you don't have to watch those uh youtube videos called like why we never hear from justin long anymore uh we, we'll just tell you we'll just tell you it's, it's, Look, a, total, I'm, I'm it's gonna... a total numinance pivot or we're, we're just we're just gonna be like shitty tmz now and occasionally I, I we'll talk like... about angel magic I've... I, I love getting... it. I love it. This episode has been brought to you by Pujal Salmon Cry, the only Lurcy with a tiger face. <laughs> <laughs> there must be there must be one YouTube video that is that 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 thing where why haven't we heard from so and so? And oh, there's the so many of them. Person hosting the YouTube video that is talking about. <laughs> no, I love. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> Holy shit! Please, yes. Give, oh my yeah that needs to happen and they just don't acknowledge it at all it's just played completely straight <laughs> kurt you remember those guys that used to walk around new york like they're always like dudes in their like like somewhere between like 27 and like 45 and they would walk around like rapping to themselves on the subway like like as if somebody would like be like a producer would hear them and be like, yo, man, that was a really good, I'm, I'm an A&R. That was a really good <laughs> rhyme. But they would just walk around, even without headphones, they'd just be like, I done came up. They hating on me. Like, it's just those guys all the time. <laughs> I, I, I yeah, it's always those two lines too. It's always like some variation of I done came up. They hating on me. They always hate on me. Um, and uh, yeah, this is weird New York work. And uh, I, I always wanted to like have one of those guys just like, just 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 completely claim that they are jay-z even though they look nothing like or rap nothing like jay-z they just put out a record called like i'm actually jay-z and they just like i'm actually married to beyonce the guy that that guy that guy's a fake guy and it's just like has nothing 
like it's, it's, it's like it looks nothing like him <laughs> a guy that the little wayne would be fun too because he's got such a distinct like voice <laughs> so so you, but if it's a guy that just sounds nothing like that it's just a dude it's just it's like it's just yeah it's just like it's just like some some white guy in kansas no no it's funnier if it's a black dude it's funnier if it's a black dude who just doesn't look like him because it's like because then there's no racial component to it it's just a guy who's he's he's little wayne as long as he's in kansas (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, it's it's a black dude from kansas yes yes i i I swear to god sometimes there there must have been somewhere deep in like queens there was there was a uh there was a warehouse where a whole group of people would get together and brainstorm what common New York subway weirdness would be happening that year. <laughs> like, yes. cause there was, there's always, there's always like a trend of them. Like for, for a while it was guys selling batteries for some fucking reason. <laughs> I don't know why yes. that was a thing. And then, and then for a long time, it was these, it was this, these kids that were, that were like, they would stand in the middle of the subway car and go showtime, and then oh yeah, them. I was there they for showtime. Like fucking like dance in the middle of the goddamn subway car, <laughs> and like, and yeah, the quality it, would vary. Sometimes they were very good, and sometimes they were very bad. Sometimes they were you never knew what you were gonna get. Yeah. <laughs> the, I was actually oh, so two things. I, it's. I don't know. My first, the first time I saw that was actually pretty impressive because the kids, they they did uh, two of them grabbed each other's ankles and they rolled as a ball down the, the middle of the subway car. What? That's fucking sick. That's yeah, dangerous. it was it was it was insane. And then that it peaked at that, and then it got just worse and worse and worse. <laughs> and my absolute favorite was. Um, after I'd been there for many years and just like anytime those guys walked into a car, I was like, Oh God damn it. And, and like they walk in and they start, they, you know, they go showtime. And I like, I'm like, Oh, and I look over and Gavin McGinnis is, is sitting across from me and what? he looks so upset. He's so <laughs> yes, mad. I love this. <laughs> it's just utter disgust on his face that's 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 beautiful that's fucking great it's just like why are you even here bro you seem like you hate everything oh god so good that's that's wonderful the coolest one i saw those guys that i can remember is they um he like hung upside down by like the bottoms of his feet on like the racks that are like on either side of the seats, like that are above the seats. And like, then somebody like pushed him and he like slid down upside down on his like shoes. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm like, okay, that was fucking rad. Cause that dude could have cracked his head on some shit. And he didn't. (laughs) I took that guy. I'm like, no, that was cool. Uh, I'm not I, like I've since I was a little kid, I've like always loved to climb everything. And it, you know, it was a fucking nightmare for my parents. But like <clears throat> the first when my band was on tour, we were in, in New York for like two days and played somewhere where I, I think we lost money. Uh, and I couldn't help but like the second we were on the subway, I'm like, I can fucking hang upside down from this. And I had to just <laughs> like put my legs 
up in it and like be upside down in the sunlight. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I don't know what it is about this place, but it just makes me want to fuck off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I think I think there's another life, Rev, where you are a Showtime dancer. Clearly, yeah, like, yeah. There's a, there's a universe very close to this one where you are a New York Showtime dancer. Or you could sense. just be this such a guy that that is like I'm riding Dra- Dracula style, and then every yeah, time you get yeah. in the subway car, you're just upside down hanging from this. I, yeah, I, you, just I have, like, you have one of those backpack speakers that's just always playing like uh, "Riding" by Chameleonaire. I really <laughs> like both, rolling. I, the I really like both of these. Both of these options sound great to me, but I think, <laughs> I think, I think, uh, I think the first one's a little bit more accurate because, like, I truly like if I watch good choreography, whether that's martial arts or like, like fucking dancing, I'm like in tears. Like I'm just that's like amazing. so fucking moved by it that yeah. I'm like like in if I'd have just had the right like uh environment that facilitated it, like I would have just danced and never cared about anything else. <laughs> I know it's true. I mean, you yeah, I love- take, you, know, you can always take a modern dance class. The Danes, the Danes will probably be like, oh, oh yes, yes, all all of our men dance. <laughs> I don't know. I'll just no. I'm I'm just gonna take Tai Chi, like, because then you can just fair. fake dance. Could be Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse. <laughs> just like <laughs> knock someone across the room with your chi. <laughs> I, was, I was just fucking grinding, bro. No, that's like that's like such a cursed Roadhouse sequel where it's like Patrick Swayze is one of those dudes who's like <laughs> who like has like a fake martial arts where he's pretending to knock people over with his chi because he's broke. It's <laughs> banned from bouncing, so he becomes one of those guys. Wait, yes. what if what if Tu Wong Fu was just the sequel to Roadhouse <laughs> somehow? I mean, I, I, yeah, I feel, I feel like there is a, a grand, um, a grand, uh, a unified Patrick Swayze universe somehow. Oh my God, be. that would be, that would be an incredible concept for fanfic. I mean, I, I'm sure it, I'm sure it exists. Try and tie that together. Yeah, that would be like rule, Remy. I mean, rule 34. Remy. Yeah, Re- Re- Remy, honey, <laughs> um, uh, I, you don't give her don't give her any more ideas um but uh we'll i, I this, do a, we'll make this spoken. patreon only or something the gnomes have spoken yes the gnomes <laughs> have spoken yeah <clears throat> i'm man i'm really looking forward to slash terrified of getting results from that uh oh the gnomes oh yeah i don't even know like she she's just like come on I don't even gnomes so, somebody somebody's boo Somebody needs to drop some fucking gnome lore on me. That's what she's been saying the last couple of days. She's like, I just need some good gnome lore. Like, what, like, like you guys gave me, you guys gave me the key to the gnome gate, but like, I don't know where any of it is. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Huh? Well, I, perhaps like, I mean, I would just start with the prayer of the gnomes. I would just start doing that every day and leaving offerings. Like, like go the earth, earth magic route and like, just go straight to, like you because that prayer honors the 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 like king of the gnomes as if you're one of them like it's like you're you're worshiping with them oh okay yeah no i like that it places you among them that was something al cummins pointed out which i really appreciated no i no well actually um hmm 
Um, uh, what if what if the secret is actually in under the Silver Lake? What if the Hobo King is actually the Gnome King? I wouldn't surprise me. I mean, like, or he's one of the four. That's also that was also like, and like, if you're really gonna occult about it, I'm like, yeah. I mean, like, could hereditary this and just be like, that's Paymon. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah. And, and, and now, and now there's an extended A24 universe. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, that that's that's really interesting because I well fucked up because I just watched Hereditary for the first time like four days ago. Did you like it or did you not like it? Like, how'd you I feel about loved it? Loved it. Okay, word. Yeah, because like, I mean, it. dude, they they had a consultant on that. Like, because there's some shit there. I'm like, that's a fucking table of practice, and that's a page from the fucking PGM. I'm like, who fuck? I'm like, I, yeah, I I, I mean, wanted to second, get on Facebook. The second I saw the triangle taped on the floor, I'm like, oh, they really did their work. And yeah, then, like and like then the, it, like 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 the spiritist, like could like the specific Kardec spiritist thing with the with the glass of water. I'm like, oh, they. Like okay, all right, all right, Brooklyn occult scene. Which one of you got paid to fucking consult on this, Al? It's you. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I I I could guess, but I won't on air. There you go. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, like uh, that man. That uh, it was good. It was really good. I I don't. I think they could have done a. I think it would to a magician. It would have been more convincing if they'd have picked some obscure list spirit rather than a king mm, yeah oh interesting personally because interesting. i i mean i i tend to and maybe this is just for my own personal coping mechanisms but i who knows but i i tend to like think of the kings as being uh dispassionate rulers of the directions of the earthly directions so like uh in like a buddhist sense maybe there are mahabuddhas like like these more elevated versions of the elemental rulers that are sort of like in service to reality by being here at all but Uh, then then these kings to me like these and and they i think there are uh analogs to this that at least exist in 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 like the more thai buddhist currents but i I think in Tibetan ones as well, that there, there's definitely rulers of the directions, but I think there are, like, I think Tao Wesuan is sort of analogous to one of the kings, but like really benefic. Uh, and I, I kind of wonder how much of, so like the four kings being this like almost kind of demonic, but in a lot of cases like represented as being dispassionate, I kind of wonder how much of that is just because we're still under a very Christian sort of black and white idea of things and could more beings than we think of as benefic be benefic if we adopted more like Buddhist ideas and concepts of like, Mm. um, so, so like in, in, in a more Buddhist current, if you're if you're interacting with a deity, that's an aspect of the do- divine that relates to you enough to show up to you. So mm. if you poured your whole self into that, it would only lead you to enlightenment. Um, yeah, I mean it's kind of like the the bhakti yoga stuff in um, Hinduism too, right? Because like yeah, yeah if you're yeah. using if you're using like a like a henotheistic metaphysics like that, right, where it's like like all these uh, gods are. are beings entities whatever or like just aspects of this one larger concept that yeah like like you said feels connected enough to you to show up to you then like yeah then you have to kind of like 
then you have to kind of take, but like, I mean, I don't know, does that, is there, is there too much idealism there that would remove any agency from the entity? You know what I mean? Like, and, and that's, that's a really, oh God, that's such an interesting thing that I've been grappling with myself is yeah, that like, we've talked about this too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how do you, how do you kind of reconcile the fact that like the stuff that Buddhist currents tell you are experience experientially true as well about these like a deity as being like this is an aspect of the divine that resonates with you that's why this is the one that is showing up for you whatever but then if you take it and you look at things more animistically then things kind of stop at a certain point there there isn't this like idea of i can elevate this being because it's like, no, this being is what it wants to be. I'm not going to impose my will upon it. Right. Yeah. But I think that is just getting like lost in a more temporal human, like mortal idea of things. Because, mm. uh, okay, so this is something that I, I actually can't even uh, in this episode ex- at least explain why this meant so much to me. But there was one paragraph in Agora 2. Uh, that Vimalananda is talking about how um, like your, your Ishtadivata, the chosen deity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> he explains sort of like what it, what it actually means. And it's like, like Shakti is Shakti. It's just energy. It's just the energy. So when Shakti as a deity, as the primordial mother arises in you as Kundalini, it, mingles with your ancestral memories and Hmm. takes a form based on those interesting so the form that you meet it's still shakti it's all shakti right like you could think of it Hmm. that way um but it takes a form based on your past life karmas which determined which lineage you were born in in this time because huh. your karmas that you had built in previous lifetimes matched this exact lineage in the right way to fit what what you had going on already. So like it wasn't that you've necessarily been born in this lineage a bunch of times. Maybe at some points in history and in some lineages it is that way mm-hmm. because they have practices that facilitate that. But in general, it this I this concept really makes sense to me that like maybe I've never had anything to do with my mother and father's line before, but what I've done in previous lives, I happen to match these circumstances. Well, these circumstances match what I need to learn in this life and learn from. Mm. Uh, so I'm born here. And so like one of my first major spirit experiences of like, Holy fuck, this is, this shit's real. And like, there are spirits that are, they have their own being outside of me was like i was on a on a pretty mild dose of mushrooms and kalima showed up and i was like frustrated with these things going on in my energy body and she just showed up on a cloud and floated through and chopped them off with swords like chopped these things off of my body yeah sounds about right but so i always like it's always been like this there's this connection here with these 
uh, these, these Vedic currents that I don't actually have any idea what that's about, right? Like I've always approached with caution and with a lot of respect because like in this incarnation, I have no direct connection there. But right. they they show up against like like without my will being involved um but then i had an experience where it felt like the same sort of energy that kali was made of but she had wings and it's like all these other things matched the story in gilgamesh where it's uh like he's going to chop the tree down to make the the throne for anana Mm -hmm. and like my father and his father and like like there's a long line of amish woodworkers and i grew up like being obsessed with climbing trees and all this stuff kind of comes together and it's like it feels like that was more like an asherah sort of being in form but it felt like she was made of the same stuff as when i met kali but like that one paragraph kind of made sense to me as to why that so i think like uh, like my saint cyprian is different than anyone else's saint cyprian because it's that being is coming through my perception which is like touching my dna you know what i mean like i think it's different it, it, it applies to more than just your ishti devita is what i'm saying well i I mean that that filters out even to uh, just human relationships too, right? And, and something I was I was thinking of, of I was saying now, which I think is basically what you're kind of trying to say is like, because because originally you were talking about like the agency of a spirit and like, can you elevate it? Like where where's that? I think you could elevate the relationship, but not necessarily like the spirit's the spirit, right? Well, but like, but but, but that's. Uh... But what if the spirit is different? Like the spirit is like a, a a bunch of tentacles coming off to every person it's interacting with, and each tentacle has its own dynamic with that person. So, like, yes, you could yeah. elevate this spirit, but that might not affect that. That almost definitely doesn't affect anyone else's relationship with it. Yeah, and I don't think it would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but it's still, it, yeah, it still could elevate it. It's just in your context and your, your context. Like... It, well, and then I, I that sort of ties in with the larger the larger idea, like the Buddhist idea of like the goal is to get everybody is to elevate everything, right? And so, <laughs> yeah, that's at least the Mahayana. What, yeah, there's a, there's there's a version familiar. of it that's like that. So so yeah, so you're you're it's not it's not on you to elevate that that other spirit i mean you couldn't do it anyway but if everyone elevated their connection to it then wouldn't it eventually become because you it's it's like the injures net or whatever like you're just reflecting the elevation everybody's reflecting the elevation back to each other yeah and if there's no like active resistance then it just becomes like a an agreed upon reality yeah We we might have gone on a tangent. Hi, anyone. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, shit, how do I even respond <laughs> to that? 
to, to, to that to that brilliantly conversational architecture of uh, nuanced metaphysics, but I I, I cannot. Alas, it like, it, it, I'm glad that it landed that way. It felt like I was pooping out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I, I often I often feel like I'm. Well, well, you see, we, we we chose to in our relationship to you to elevate your poop into uh, <laughs> a glorious gilded uh soliloquies so yes yeah yeah, yeah, we, yeah we, we, we chose to elevate that, and then we elevated and then we elevated the poop back into your mouth so therefore <laughs> that is a is, is a consistent uh wheel of energy yeah don't worry uh, you're still a piece of shit but at least we view you <laughs> listen listen we we've polished the turd for you because we care <laughs> the reason they didn't have a lot of plumbing in medieval towns is because they understood alchemy Yes. <laughs> I mean, you think those towns got by just on like farming cattle and shit? Yeah, they, 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 they ain't got no drip on that. On that. Like they, they ain't seen no profit. <laughs> That's my cat. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you, you are a cat. Sorry, my mournful ass cat over here. What kind of cat is it? Um, she's a black and white cat. I don't know. Like she, okay. she's a yeah. She's just kind of a. I think domestic <laughs> short hair is what they call like. I don't know. It's a cat. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, that's that's what she is. She's very vocal. Um, and she, if she if she's like, I am not getting what I want. I am not getting what I want. She um, enjoys anime, fish, and occasional attention. But she <laughs> is kind of an anime cat. So she's like black and white spots with green eyes so like she was literally the the platonic ideal of an anime cat yeah we've we've exchanged pictures like i also oh yes yes yeah he's he's fucking he he brought us for the first time he brought us a present of a a a mouse today Mm. normally he calls for us to come eat with him out in the yard he goes like he catches the mouse and it's still alive and he's playing with it and he goes Oh, and he looks around and he's like, where are you guys? I brought food. And then we close the door and lock it. And he's like, oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I ours saw there was a seagull. So there's like a bunch of ravens that live in LA. I made mention this before. So like we have a bunch of like big ass raven boys that hang out by us, but they get into fights with the seagulls that come in from the ocean. And so there was a loud ass fight going on like in the in the it's either the front of the backyard today but this cat is just like she's this 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 is fucking wwe smackdown for me right now i'm why like she's like like i I got money i got money on this raven (laughs) (laughs) yeah she's like she's like i could fuck both of you up but i'm gonna i'm just gonna watch I, I envision a biker gang versus sailors. That's that's what it. Like. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, or just like that, or like the Lost Boys from the titular The Lost Boys, uh, <laughs> f- fighting fighting the cast of South Pacific. Oh, there's nothing like a day. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck. Okay, it's been like, it's been a while. And I gotta go to yeah, bed. Yeah, how but, fucking time is it there, dude? Jesus, <laughs> it's three sixteen a.m. Oh, oh god. my god, yeah. go to bed, dude. 
God damn. Oh, this was great though. Like I thought I thought we were about done a while ago and then it got interesting again. I was like, oh, fuck it, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I, I, I meant to like fucking like DM you on the chat being like, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure we're gonna start talking about angel magic now? Because <laughs> we're gonna go long if we do that. It's my, well, it's, my it's, it's my own fault. I asked the question. Well, I, I think this has been an, an incredible episode. Uh and uh it's it's gonna be the first one coming back from our break, and then I think we're gonna put out like the two we were we recorded like a fucking month and a half ago, where it's just me and Kurt talking for two episodes. Um so this is a great way to come back because then we're gonna do like like this one's really interesting, and then it's just fucking me and Kurt. And then we're gonna be like <laughs> Patreon time. <laughs> you're, you you're want another three like, hour episode, bitch? Five bucks. Pr- pr- prattle on about nothing, and then you're just gonna go, all right, pay me. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that all podcasting? <laughs> no. <laughs> Some, some of them are true crime podcasts. Goodbye. I think it just depends on the arc of the timeline. Like even a true crime podcast over the span of six years, like they're gonna write their own story and they're gonna be like, Yeah, and they're just gonna insert it in there and see if anybody notices. Yeah. 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 No, no, I mean they're gonna publish a fucking book, but oh fair. Because that, that's what they're working towards secretly. Yeah, I think a lot of them do do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, before we go, I, uh, again, this episode has been brought to you by uh, Thai amulets. Uh, <laughs> um, the only, the only Lucy with a tiger face, <clears throat> and. Um, uh, Enchanted Speech Talisman by uh, Ajarn Apichai. It's been brought to you by uh, by uh, Pranyang from uh, Long Por O with the uh, Pras Nyang and the Nyang verse. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I, I think my tie was right on that because Pras the title and Nyang is the guy. Yeah, okay. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, Cambodian, Cambodian Red Eyes is is in the in is in the credits of this episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he he's the producer. He's just over there going, hey. <laughs> uh, did you, is there anything you wanted to plug, Owen? No, I don't get I don't shit to plug. I, I, one of these days, you guys will have me on, and I'll be like, I have things. Um, I have stuff I've written. I have stuff I've been in. God damn. And um, today's not cannibal today. snake cult. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well cult. Yeah, I don't. Um, to yeah, be honest, uh, we'll I think like. I, I think that you're actually the most spot on guest that there is for the show. Like being a magician who is an actor in LA, it's like the exact Venn diagram spot where everything gets really dark. Yeah, it is. It, it, yeah, I do feel like the de- the, the the demographic choice was, was solid on this one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, for this for this movie especially, but I just mean in general for the for the concept of the show, it's like you can't get more spot on than like an actor magician who's like living in it, you know? <laughs> yeah, for better or worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a fresh, good perspective to get. Yeah, and and truly, uh, lately with our lives being chaotic, it's really nice to just get a fucking excuse to talk to you for three hours. So yeah, dude. Likewise, man. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank thank you for like you know giving me a fucking like structured way to do this 
when I could just fucking like be like, yo, do you want to zoom for a while? But no, we have to like make a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I, I, on that note, God, any fucking time you want to just hang out, man. Yeah. Likewise. Say something. Cause like, I literally only ever talk to my wife (laughs) ever (laughs) outside of the internet. I mean, I to, to be fair, like I, I, I also only talk to my partner for the most part, and like maybe some weirdos at the coffee shop that I uh, hang out at. But um, yeah, that's about it. I mean, about magic, yeah, like it's it's still even in LA, like it's still like kind of tough to have like good conversations about metaphysics and whatnot without people trying to be like, well, you know. Uh, Fucking buy my sound bath or buy my buy my cousin's sound <laughs> yeah, yeah. bath. Yeah, it's usually buy my cousin's sound bath. It's usually not theirs. It's usually <laughs> hawking like somebody else's that they get like a flip. It's a weird fucking place, man. Jesus. Yeah, a, it's <laughs> for some reason I'm I'm envisioning uh my cousin's sound bath is a is a is a old Trans Am loaded up with a million bass speakers. <laughs> that that's actually yes. what <laughs> No, just the phrase "my cousin's sound bath" is just so cursed. It's so yes. That sounds oh, like an, like I could see that being like Aphex Twins' like comeback album. Yeah, it's just, it's Square Pusher's side project where he only <laughs> produces music out of like that are recorded. It's recorded out of Trans Am speakers. <laughs> I'm a light worker in Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) It's really dark. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you know, I think I think after years of after like several years of being involved in like uh, magical and occult communities, what's funny is like the the conversations with people who take magic seriously have become far less valuable than the conversations with like normal people who also believe in magic about bullshit. Yeah. Like just, just yeah, being able to be like, how was your fucking week? That uh, was trash, blah, blah, blah. I think maybe it had something to do with the astrology, but anyway, real life. Yeah. Like, it's, just, it's like, well, you know, I was having a good week and then I had this really fucked up sleep paralysis dream where I had to fight my way out of getting my soul taken by the Fae again. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, yeah, uh, it's like and yeah, it's so nice to just say that to people and not have you be like, well, you uh you really need some Zoloft. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I guess t- the I guess there's some actress who's gone missing and she's in some underground compound, huh? <laughs> it's like it's Tuesday. <laughs> Roll credits, La La Land. Uh, uh all right, fuck. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it off because I'll just go to bed. <laughs> I yeah, will yeah. just keep fucking all right.